Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 77 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, second technician, Fuzzer Forrester, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder this episode, we have Lave Station's chief bar steward, Mr. Grant Psychocow Walcott. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Grant. We also have head of station entertainment, Mr. Christopher Jarvis. Hello, how are we doing? All right, buddy. Uh, we also have Head of Station Archives, Mr. Colin Ford. Good evening. Good evening. You're sounding like your normal top shift self. You're sounding very quiet and subdued there, Colin. You might need to up the uh, volumes on your microphone slightly. Again? Oh. <laughs> and we also have the uh, station's health and safety officer. That's what, right, that's what you are, isn't it? Uh, Mr. Ben Moss-Woodward. Get away from that ladder. <laughs> and joining us this evening for a special one-off, we have a, a guy who's become quite notorious, quite a celebrity within the community at this current time. Um, uh, his commander name is Vantayon, and uh, we like to call him Dave. Dave, welcome to the show. Good evening, truckers. Good evening, sir. Um just to quickly talk about why we have Dave on the show before we get into the, the normal show, um, we're obviously doing something slightly different with Lave Radio this evening. We're going to do a convoy. So in case any of you are thinking that you tuned into the Oldie Goldie station with the, uh, the convoy intro, we're not. We're going to do a community goal that's been running for a little bit of time. Uh, we are going from... Uh, Wolf 424 with a whole bucket load of scrap and heading out towards Hutton Orbital, which is in the Alpha Centauri region. Now, before we get into the show, I'm going to actually ask you, Dave, to give us a little bit of background as to why the hell we are doing this. Well, it uh, all started over at LaveCon earlier this year with you guys. Um, a late evening at the bar. And... Are you okay, Dave? <laughs> I'm getting some echo here, guys. Okay. Right. Uh, well, I can hear you now. Perfect. All right. So, you said it started off at uh, a, a drunken evening at the bar at LaveCon. Yeah, sorry. Drunken evening at the bar at LaveCon. Um, we were talking about uh, the Dockers episode that had just been broadcast late at night. It started. Uh, and then we were talking about um, the, the mugs that were from Barnard Star and we got onto the raffle and Steph did an awesome job on the raffle because somebody quit for the evening and um, mugs became something that was shouted right throughout the, the evening while we were consuming beer. Um, mysteriously, a couple of days afterwards, um, then Frontier decided to put up a, a community goal competition and we submitted the mug. Uh, we submitted the mug for the furthest possible station we could get our hands on. Um, as a joke, um, nothing more than that, uh, to see whether people would like it. We wrote a bit of back history for it and didn't think much more about it until people started voting. And can you remember off the top of your head exactly what the final results were on that vote? Uh, we had... Uh, 427 votes for the Hutton mug being at the furthest place to haul scrap, which was just shy of 50% of the votes. Yeah, so quite popular to say the least. And uh, there was a little bit of pushback, wasn't there? There was a few people uh, saying, well, you know, Hutton's already got uh, a special rare, so it doesn't need another one, and it's ridiculous because no one's going to travel 
the ridiculous amount of time it takes to uh, to get to Hutton in order to do this. But the, I think the community spoke. I think it was a resounding uh, yay from the community when you uh, you know you walk away with fifty two percent of the vote. I can't remember off the top of my head. Was it the um, the crystals, the diamond crystals that came second? I think it was some gold. There was uh, gold. Yeah, uh, some CG gold uh, with a backstory that somebody came second. They, they awarded a runner up prize. They originally said it was just one. Uh, they were going to put live, but there were so many concerns that the Hutton one was going to be a disaster. They, they put the runner-up live just in case. <laughs> and uh, how about you just give us a brief synopsis about what the uh, what the Hutton mug is actually sort of made of? What's the, what's the fiction that you uh, you wrote with the help of your dear mama, I believe, uh, that surrounds this community goal? Uh, the, the fiction behind it is that um, there's a, a, a character called Muggsy, uh, loosely based on a, a, a Bristol-based artist in the UK, um, who decided to start taking scrap because he was bored at Hutton and bashing it into uh, mugs that um, happen to resonate under frameshift drive and keep your drink slightly warmer for long hauls out to Hutton. It's an hour and a half flight out to Hutton and it was designed just when people are in, in frameshift to keep their drinks a little bit hotter. Um, that really was the, the simple background behind it. It was, it was properly silly. Yeah, absolutely. And you say it's an hour and a half drive out or flight out to uh, to Hutton. That's not uh, in-game time, is it? That is actual real-time flying, staring at uh, the starscape in front of you for an hour and a half worth of proper out-of-game time. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's been a long-standing joke in the game, um, in all the forums, uh, on Facebook and the various player groups. Anybody asks a question like, you know, where do I find a, a C3 gimbaled laser? The answer is Hutton, because it's an hour and a half drive. Uh, where do I get the permit for Seoul? Well, you get it at Hutton. Um, and a lot of people have fallen for it, turned up and realised that it's in light years, not light seconds, um, the measurement before you get there. So it, it's been a long-standing joke that we thought we'd cash in on, put uh, a silly rare somewhere really really silly to get to and try and encourage a cg we were worried that yeah we'd have four guys it would be grant it'd be me uh, and a couple of other guys trucking stuff it was a bit of a worry to start with excellent stuff okay um it's basically it's the elite dangerous communities a version of a rickroll isn't it sending people to Hutton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a massive achievement. If you can actually get there once, uh, you've done really, really well. You've not dropped out out of boredom. I mean, other than the Centauri Megagin, I think it's a rare item that used to be out there or still is out there. Uh, there's no reason to go to Hutton unless you weren't paying attention. <laughs> Excellent. I actually, okay. I, actually took I suppose you should also once. bring... Oh, sorry, hello? Go on, mate. I was going to say, I actually took on a mission once, it was on the missions board, and it had like a 45 minute deadline on it, and I'd never been to Hutton or heard of it, and I took on this job, and I thought, oh, I'll be fine, yeah, 45 minutes, I've got time for this, there's normally a good margin of error in the missions, and of course I got there, and got about 10 minutes of the way there, and realised I wasn't getting any closer. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is history behind it as well because in the previous games um, this uh, system did exist um, this place did exist in, in some of the earlier um, elite games so it has some history behind it as well it used to be infamous when we were playing solo uh, in our rooms as youngsters as well oh, interesting I didn't realise that ok well I mean Talking about the community, obviously there's been community goals before, but this one has sort of stood out slightly in terms of capturing the community's um, interest. How many people have currently signed up to, uh, to this particular community goal, Dave? 
Well, I'm just looking it up live on my screen. We've got 2,813 contributors at the moment. Uh, on top of that, or in that, we've got 320 of us on a Facebook group and the, the official forums as well. So we, we've had just shy of you know, 3,000 people engaged in this. Okay, and off, uh, off the top of my head, I believe the, the closest sort of engagement to a community call um, that comes near to that, I think it was about 1,500, 1,700, has been the, the closest one to it. Is that right? Uh, yes, I mean, there was a, a recent one of a plague over at Bast, I think. It may be related to the ongoing story in the game, but I think that got about a thousand guys doing short hops to take medicines for game story, which really um, highlights... A lot of the guys that are playing this enjoy the fun, and they've enjoyed the, the player-with-player interaction here. That was a, you know, a, a role-playing situation within the game. This is a silly CG, and yet this has captured the imagination of the guys playing. Yeah, but I mean, let's uh, yeah, let's not do uh, you any disservice or, or cow a disservice because you guys have put a lot of effort into sort of getting the community out, you know, offline, outside the game, uh, involved in this. And obviously, you set up uh, the Lave Radio sister station of Hutton Orbital Radio, uh, which has been broadcasting for the last week or so. Um, Grant, maybe you're probably the best person to tell us a little bit about uh, Hutton Orbital Radio. Yeah, well, I mean, the the key concept behind it was to have a central point which people could tune into, listen into and get all the information in a nice easy place to coordinate things live, to give pirate reports because we were hoping for some interaction. Uh, we've had some interaction. It's not been quite as, uh, what would you call it? It's not been a cooperative interaction that we were kind of hoping that we'd have some, you know, people coming at us and giving us ideas of what they wanted to do. No, it's just been the usual people hanging around in places because there's a lot of people doing something and taking pot shots, taking out the weaklings, taking out the sort of big battles occasionally as well, but not really engaging with the community goal sense because when you come down to it, what pirate is going to attack a scrap convoy ever? There's nothing in it for them. It doesn't make any sense. So I was rather hoping that they would do something or come up with something and come to us with it and interact really strongly. But yes, so the radio station's there and we've been using it to give information, to play music, to play adverts that we've had hundreds of people in the community contributing towards. We've got Mike Snoswell in the back room dealing with all the emails and various different social media requests coming in. He's been collating the stats as we go along and updating the website for us, keeping it up to date. So we've had a, a real team. We've got um, Simon Winner writing scripts for various different things, left, right and centre, recording what he can. We've got Steph Wyeth recording parts. We've got Oh, Simon doing the technical side of things and keeping the website going. He's been cutting down uh, sound files so that they meet the criteria. It's been a pretty constant battle for a number of people. We're just now at the kind of payoff end of it all where it's been going brilliantly. But, you know, there's, there's one thing. We've got a huge pile of commanders outside Ready Station at this exact minute, all anxious and waiting to get the go from you, Fozza, to set off. So <laughs> when you're ready to give them well, the go... Well, we're, we're just hanging around... Well, I was going to say, we're, we're hanging around away. slightly... <laughs> because we've got one late arrival. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, um, Jarvis is... Uh, yeah, from Lave to uh, Wolf 424. Jarvis is arriving now. Uh, what are you flying, Jarvis? Uh, I'm in a Cobra. You're in a Cobra. Okay, so Jarvis is going to see whether or not anybody's left him any scrap. Uh, 
the station and then he's going to join up so and obviously for this particular episode we've got plenty of time on the ride out to Hutton Orbital to actually do a full show and more um, so what we're going to do is we're going to all up and can ABC just off uh, out there over your screen how many people they've actually got in game uh, at the moment how many yeah, people have got yeah, winged yeah. up how many people in the chat room and stuff it's difficult to see who's winged up but in this particular instance we have Commander Phoenix Defire Aid Levice Otto Zithromax Javert Morpheus Gal Midden Vignaton we have uh, crikey, another Python who I can't see he's not on my screen we've got an adder uh, contacts are jumping in and out all the time but if you know if you look at the scanner we've got one two three four five six seven contacts that are confirmed as commanders uh, who's this one coming in oh Ricky Ricky Retardo who is Simon my brother he's in here somewhere as well um Commander Zunich. Well, I think it's safe to say that it looks like we've got a reasonably full instance here, uh, and I dare say we've got another few instances as well that are probably maxed out. Uh, uh, obviously not on our particular radar, but uh, we'll be waiting outside, waiting and listening to the show. So uh, we are going to do a convoy. We are going to spend an hour and a half flying, and there is potential. I mean, we'll talk about it en route, but there is potential we might come across some pirates. Uh, in which case, if that is going to happen, I'm going to be doing the show. So if anybody would like to defend me, I'd be very, very grateful because I won't be flying particularly uh, because I'm a man and therefore can only concentrate on one thing at a time. So either you're going to have a lot of dead air for a while whilst I uh, get into a fight or I'm going to continue talking and then get my ship blown out from underneath me. So uh, I'm in a Python, which is um, the biggest ship that we can actually take out there because Hutton Orbital is just an outpost. So my loadout is around about 260. Six, I think, worth a scrap. I think you can get these things up to about 280, uh, but I'm just not clever enough to do it. So my Python, 260 worth of scrap. Uh, we've got all sorts of things. We've got some Type Sixes out there. We've got some Cobras out there. Um, and I think we've got some some Vultures as well, who might be there just to do some uh, some escort for the wing as well. So excellent. Without any further ado, Jarvis, are you ready? I'm just coming in through the docking hatch of uh, Reedy. Before I would have been quicker. Get... I would have been quicker. I got interdicted by AI. I managed to shake them. <laughs> I managed to shake them off, but it didn't help. That I had to go chasing blue circles around the screen. <laughs> Did you not tell him that you're on a yeah you're on a time critical mission? Yeah, I know, bloody feds. <laughs> Before we all head off and stuff, just just to sort of this is some of the common mistakes that have happened here. Um, please make sure you've got scrap before we do the long journey uh, so make, it's scrap that you're looking for Jarvis and when you get there if, you, if this is your first time taking part in this community goal please remember to go to the bulletin board click on the community goal and click the sign up before you sell your scrap otherwise you're just selling scrap at a loss that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, worth noting that the that's scrap does well. not sell for a profit at all I mean everybody has been donating their, their in-game cash it's cost them money to do this CG and that's part of the fun of it really? that's part of the fun of it? well it's the same as the power play stuff yeah it doesn't normally cost you to do the power play though does it? if you're in a python it's going to cost you half a million credits in repair bills Yes, it is. Now, this is an interesting one. We'll probably talk about this, actually, um, whilst we wait for Jarvis. So, obviously, as your ship uh, does lots of flying, you have the integrity thing, um, where your ship will sort of break down over time, and you have to go and get it repaired. Now, with the flight out to Hutton, that pretty much, that hour and a half in, um, in supercruise pretty much wipes my Python out all the way pretty much down to zero, which, as you say, is a repair bill of around about half a million credits. Um, 
I haven't noticed. I mean, I repaired it the first time, and uh, then the second time I thought, sod this. So I've been flying around with my integrity down to zero. Um, and I can't say, I mean, honestly, I haven't got into any fights or any scraps or anything like that. I haven't noticed any particular difference with my ship. I haven't had any um, modules malfunction. I haven't noticed any glitches or anything like that. So do we think that this integrity thing has actually been implemented by Frontier yet? Or do we think it's something that's you know, it's just there as sort of... Yeah, a nice-to-have window candy for role-playing elements as opposed to anything that actually has an impact on the simulation. Um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely having an effect. I mean, I, I've lost uh, three Pythons now in combat. I went out a couple of nights ago to defend the incoming ships against combat. Uh, my hull integrity was pathetic. It was like having tinfoil on the outside of my ship. Interesting. Okay, so your shields were down. The fact that you had no integrity meant that it was you were <laughs> as you say paper uh, yeah I, I was toasted in no time at all we had uh, Remclep out there one of our, our regular commanders on the um, uh, TeamSpeak channel here uh, he was flying around he didn't survive long he got two kills of the pirates um, I think I assisted with one and then lost a sequence of pythons in quick succession it was like flying a, a starter ship again it probably took 30% off my, my hull integrity Okay, so you say you lost a, a sequin, uh, a, a number of pythons. Surely, if you just took one python out, got the insurance, took another one out, uh, that second one should have had its integrity back up to 100%. Uh, it was, yes, um, but it still didn't last very long. It lasted, it lasted longer, but, of course, as soon as you lose one ship out of a wing of people, um, you, we had three on one, so we were trying to get back as quickly as possible. I mean, it's been a very fun experiment in, in winging up with combat ships and, and attacking pirates because we've learned tactics. These guys, these, these you know, professional pirates, uh, these groups out there do this all the time. We don't, and we, we had our backsides handed to us because we didn't know what we were doing in terms of winging up and, and grouping and firing together. So we were disorganised and we got beaten, thoroughly beaten. Okay, but did you notice a difference between your first ship that had zero integrity and the, the second and third one that you lost that should have gone back up to 100%? Yeah, without question. Uh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, the, the first so one was gone... you lost the second and third one because uh, they were better than you? Well, we, we lost second and third one because it was me versus three guys, whereas on the first <laughs> time we had three of us versus three guys. Um, so it, it was it was hard to tell, but yeah, I mean, I could run away. I was trying to get out and supercruise with the second and third ship. I was just about to get out and they were, they were trashing me, whereas on the first one I might as well not have bothered. Right, okay. Interesting. Um... Just so any pirates that are tuned into the station, my python is back to normal. It's 100% integrity, so, you know, don't shoot me. There's plenty of other people out there who are flying around with uh, paper ships. So, you know, just just so you know. Um, not you that are the R. Jarnal J. Rimmer of this. <laughs> Please, just don't hurt want, me. Yeah, just attack the ship cowering at the rear of everybody else. <laughs> 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 Wait, I surrender. Broadcast it in all it's, languages, it's all, including Welsh. It's all right, Foz. We have got Commander Judds in our instance, and they are armed and ready to protect the convoy. Awesome stuff. Excellent. Jarvis, can uh, we go yet? Come on, I'm busting. <laughs> yes, I'm, pee. Do you know what? I'm just taking one for the team. I've taken... I've, I've sold some internal components from my Cobra, and I've now doubled the amount of scrap that I can bring to a massive 32 tonnes. Excellent. Um, so hopefully I will be able to actually make the jump to Alpha Centauri. <laughs> Every little helps. <laughs> I feel okay, like a shot so at because I've had to I've had to sell my um, hull upgrade package <laughs> in order to get another in order to get another cargo bay in. 
Well, that doesn't save fuel anyway. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, is everybody ready to rock and roll then? Uh, Jarvis, you outside? I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just flying out through the hatch now. I'm not in a wing with anybody, is I? Um, uh, although my radar's looking a bit quiet. Am I in my own instance? Uh, you might, but by the time you get to Alpha Centauri, uh, you should probably find that everybody else is probably there. Okay, but if you can I get into a wing with people, that would be brilliant. Yeah, just send a message out in local chat that you're looking for a wing and somebody will jump to your aid. Now, <clears throat> the advice I will give anybody who's joining a convoy for the first time is when you are jumping, do not mess about. Do not touch your throttle. Keep it on full. Swing your ship from the star as quickly as you can towards Hutton Orbital because it gives you a chance. If you slow down and stop at the star, you are pirate bait at that point there's no guarantees that you won't you know that you definitely will escape them but the quicker you can get on that road the quicker you're going to get faster and faster and faster and the pirates are not going to be able to catch you so that's the sort of trick at the other end it becomes trickier because most of them are actually in the sessions and in the instances around the station so you kind of have to try and force your way through them to the pad to safety and that's that's a different battle but we'll get to that later on Okay, I mean, it works slightly differently. For those people that have been playing uh, EVE in the past, obviously you had a, a very, very fast, stealthy, or you know, a very heavy shielded ship that you could send out as a scout to go through the warp gates ahead of you. So we have none of that in Elite Dangerous. And even if we did, there's no guarantee that that person's going to jump into an instance that everybody else is going to join. So you know, the whole scouting ahead thing doesn't seem to work in uh, Elite Dangerous in the same way as it does in, um, in EVE Online. So we are really sort of all jumping into the unknown. So the other thing I'd say, is if you are outside the station make sure you're all far, far enough away not to be mass locked so that we can get this and try and never really do it reasonably the same time um dave i'm in your wing are you going to initiate the jump and do that does that yeah, I'm, I'm, in the wing I'm good with you? to throttle up and sort out the jump uh, okay and in which case are everybody ready to go all right throttles to full you guys follow me let's get rolling Right, boosting and engaging jump three, two, one, uh, frame shift drive charging. Everyone engage jump drives. Everyone who's listening, please now engage your jump drives. We have got an amazing amount of hollow contacts on the radar as we're about to commence this jump. It's <laughs> awesome to see. Oh, right. I'm recording. I do hope this. people are actually recording this and somebody's getting. Obviously, you've got the Twitch stream going, but I do wonder if anybody's got any photos and screenshots. So if you are going around and you see a massive ship, guys, make sure we document it all so we can send it back to Frontier and see if we we can't get this on the newsletter as well just to uh, sort of symbolize the the community goal okay so we're flying through uh, flying through uh, Go to hyperspace hyperspace at the moment okay and the, the target is behind us once we arrive guys pull a u-turn it's behind us Excellent. I'm just going um, via another system because I was slightly overweight for that jump <laughs> <laughs> okay, really, got, or did you just forget uh, to hit the the fastest uh, navigation on your um, on your uh, sat nav? No, no, I couldn't make the single jump from Reedy. Um, I had to do it in two steps. Look at that! Okay. It looks like, it looks like lots of other people did though. I know my screen is lighting up. It looks like a few other people have had to make an intermediate jump as well. well so, somebody's gone shooting ahead of us. Who's that? Fozza, slow down a tiny bit. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I'm running away. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm outrunning the pirates, I just need to run faster than you guys, that's all. Uh, no, no, the pirates are at the other end. They're going to get well, so I've, got, I've got an hour and a half to uh, to worry about it. Brave, brave Sir Fozzer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, we've got 14 commanders in this instance. 
just jumping now. We have we have a beautiful line of scuff rectangles. It is absolutely amazing. Well done, guys. Welcome to the convoy. <laughs> okay, so we, that's us for the next uh, hour and a half. So whilst we all truck along, uh, maybe it's a good idea to actually get into the uh, the meat and bones of the Lay Radio podcast, some of Dev News and uh, our community corner, and of course our uh, topic of this week, which is going to be oh hello. Morpheus alert, wing in detic- uh, win in detic- <laughs> interdiction detected. Um, it looks like Morpheus has been pulled out. A frame shift drop detected. I don't right, even so think... in our wing, Dave, it looks like Liam's been pulled out. I can't help him, out. I'm not armed. My python's dead. Uh, okay, shout out uh, in local for cover. Morpheus, I don't think, has actually made the jump all the way to Alpha Centauri. I think he's taken an intermediate jump right uh, in Wolf okay. 359, a bit, or 369, which is a pirate-infested uh, den. It's one that you want to try and avoid. Right, okay. Sorry, Liam, you're on your like own. Okay. It looks like he's okay. He's fine. He's caught up. He's fine. He's escaped. Okay. Cool. Right, so uh, as I say, the, the main topic this week we're actually going to talk about is going to be the Golden Joysticks uh, Awards, of which Frontier Developments have been named in a number of categories. So it'll be interesting just to talk a little bit around those uh, and also talk a little bit about the other games that are out there as well. So, um, Grant, can you just spin up an advert whilst we get sorted and then we'll be right back? Yeah, no, there's, there's, there's a choice for you. What kind of advert would you like? We can do... A That's a choice this week. Yeah, we can do Hutton Orbital adverts, which can be interesting, or we can do some Leave Radio adverts. Uh, throw some Hutton Orbital ones, since we're on a Hutton Orbital show this week. Fantastic, here we go. Important message from Code. Are you the kind of commander that likes drowning kittens? You are a pirate. Do you leave the toilet seat up after every piss? You are a pirate. Do you drive a fertilance and refuse to use your indicators? You are a pirate. Do you have an eye patch on both eyes? You are a pirate. We're the code and we're recruiting for your sort. Help ruin someone's afternoon and join the code. Yar. Yar, har, Being a pirate is a wretched Do what you want, cause a pirate is free. You are a pirate. This medical bay, like so many in Hutton Orbital, is overrun with sick children and frightened parents. As far as I understand it, the, these are the kids that have just turned up. They queue up to be seen by the doctors. There are only 90 beds in this hospital, but they are being filled three or four times over. 24-7, people arrive all day and all night? Yes, 24 hours. We're working 24 hours, three shifts a day. Right. These incredible doctors and nurses are battling to save these children. It looks like a special emergency, an epidemic, but it's actually like this every day here on Hutton Orbital. What symptoms has she been displaying? Convulsions. High blood fever and space convulsions. What might be the cause of that? The most common cause of that is MODS. MODS? Mug Ownership Deficiency Syndrome. This tiny child is desperately sick, and sadly, it's no isolated case. I've got the admissions sheet here that tells me who's here and why. So over here, we've got Zoe. She's three, suffering from mods. In this corner here, we've got Framel, two, suffering from mods. Around here, we've got Ben. He's one year old, suffering from mods. 
Over there, all lined up, we've got Quinn, 3, Julie, 18 months, and Karma, 9 months, all with mods. And then down here we've got Peter, 10. He's got diabetes caused by mods. The problem in Hutton Orbital is so overwhelming that every two hours a mother will lose her child to this terrible disease, and the agony is, mods is preventable. In the next bed, a little boy called TJ has been brought in with convulsions and a fever. How serious is his condition? Very serious. Very, very serious. And more children are arriving all the time. But uh, they just keep coming. And an another child just arrived. We don't know what's wrong with him yet. The queue outside keeps growing. It just doesn't stop. It's like a tidal wave. But there is something we can do. We're helping to get mugs, early testing kits and emergency medicine into Hutton Orbital. Early treatment could help to prevent these terrible scenes, and it doesn't cost much. Five tonnes of scraps builds one mug. Five tonnes. Twenty-five tonnes, and we can build five. We can sort out this whole section. That's because a mug can reduce the threat of mods-related infections by 90%. It's an incredible statistic. And here's another one. The majority of the people that listen to Hutton Orbital Radio don't donate any scrap. That's shocking. Is that you? Are you the person who's sitting there thinking, ah, oh, I'll do it later? Don't. Don't be that person. Please don't be that person. Because listen, the stuff that your scrap can change. It's been quite a shock to be here today. It's so important. Please don't be the person that sits there and doesn't bother. Don't be that person. Thank you. Okay, and we are back, and obviously we have made very little progress towards Hutton Orbital in the time that we've been away. Um, we get into the dev news. just want to pick up a few things that uh, Dave were, we were talking about during that advert. Dave, you were talking about um, player with player as opposed to player versus player or player versus environment. Maybe you can just pick up and talk about that, mate. Uh, this is something um, uh, David Braben has alluded to. He, he's talked about the community building their own events. He's talked about this is an environment where you create your own story. And, and one of the things for me that's been missing from this game has been player with player interaction. It's been um, winged up gameplay. It's been team missions. It's been something constructive to do with your friends. I mean, the goals we've had so far have been let's all go together and kill people in a wing or let's all go together and get a bit of extra money in a wing. What's been missing for me has been the, the cooperative uh, not necessarily role playing but the uh, you know enjoying the time with your friends, having a laugh doing something together uh, the community goals were designed to address this but everybody's doing these as solo endeavours towards uh, an end. It, it's not a shared endeavour and part of what uh, you know, Grant and I were trying to put together, Psychocar and I were trying to put together was something where we could all actually take part with other commanders towards a common goal that we actually gave the monkeys about, we actually cared about. Yeah, and you can see that's, you know, it's played dividends. But what do you think Frontier need to do in terms of trying to get the sort of, you know, community engagement that the, the Hutton Orbital mug has uh, has got? Obviously, they can't go out and start setting up uh, websites and, uh, you know, companion uh, radio shows for every community goal that they uh, they get involved with. But what, uh, what suggestions do you think you can uh, put towards them? 
Well, I mean, talking to the guys when we were at LaveCon, um, I mean, they were very good. They they came down themselves. They had a long chat with us over a drink and over lunch. Um, they are trying to create a, a procedurally generated universe that creates missions for us. They're, they're, they're not up necessarily for injecting constant storylines. That's a big overhead in a small company. Um, what they're after is the community building their own kind of event like this. So they, through the background simulation and through the gentle injection of storylines, are hoping that we as a community can actually build our own events around them and I think this is an example of what we can do I mean we've gone to extreme measures here we've gone to extreme lengths but this is the kind of thing where you can build your own event and this environment allows you to do that yeah absolutely and I'm just again you don't want to keep on harping back to the other games that are out there but obviously when you've got uh, EVE Online uh, they simple, you know, simple things like setting up a community chat channel uh, that you could access anywhere within the universe, um, or even just a you know group chat channel if you were part of the Hutton Orbital group, you know um, I think that would be quite a good way of you know uh, bringing that community uh, those people that want to get involved in that particular goal together, uh, as opposed to having everybody to to nip out onto Facebook. I know a lot of people don't actually like engaging on Facebook, so you do lose some people that way, or you know, having to go out to separate websites and stuff. It's, it would be nice to be able to have you know, some of this communication, some of this organization actually built into um, you know, the game UI. Um, Jarvis, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Sorry, Excellent. you called me just trying to sort out a wing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't so worry about not it. Prepared. <laughs> um, Grant, what other things do you reckon they could do in game to uh, to encourage this sort of you know this community bonding? That's the wrong way of expressing that, but we'll, well go with it anyway. It's not. I mean, one of the things that would be very extra would certainly make things easier. So obviously, what we're doing here is we're running multiple uh, sort of wings across multiple instances and. Oh, some of them are having issues and some of them are are not having issues but and they're enjoying the gameplay and it's fine but the communication uh, between these instances is is very iffy if everyone's on your friend list you can message everybody and it's great if they're not on your friend list it's very hard to meet people in different instances so part of the the role of the radio station is to coordinate that and to to have the the, to have the go between between sessions so that we can talk out and shout out people's names who are in a session say things like you know this commander's looking for a wing is anyone there can can you see them can you invite them to wing they then wing up and then when they arrive the other end they've got four new friends that they've been chatting to in the way over there they're all listening to the radio station so I mean to create the sort of uh, architecture and game to to make that communication cross instance a little bit easier because it does feel strange to think that there's maybe, well, I think we had over 50 commanders in one convoy heading all the way out there, and you can see 16 of them, and the rest of them could be doing anything. They could be in trouble, they don't know. And I think there's a definite sort of room for improvement with the comms across it. Whether or not that plays into the difficulties of actually having your instance with more than umpteen players in it, I don't know. But it would certainly be great if communications didn't care about instances, if that makes any sense. No, it makes perfect sense, and I agree with you. Colin? Well, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that is pretty obvious with uh, what's happened with this event is it just shows that the kind of functionality that's needed for player 
uh, and player interaction. You know, things like bulletin boards, things like um, I'm flying to Hutton Orbital, could I please have an escort? You know, those kind of things that you could put up on the bulletin board and, and waiting for... Uh, waiting for a reply for someone basically the kind of looking for group functionality that we're that I think this game is actually missing okay perfect well we're obviously going to wing our merry way towards Hutton Orbital but once we do that let's so are you going to say something Dave no, not well. I can if you want. Um, I mean, there, there, there is, there is. Uh, I mean, some of the some, some of the player groups in the background have been have been trying to create this, but it is all outside the game. It's it's all on websites. It's all on forums. It's all sort of mass media. But a lot of the guys consuming this game are of an age with those of us in this chat, and we are used to these these sort of multimedia channels. We're used to having Facebook open on one page, and. Somehow on this one, it has felt quite good to not just stare at the screen and be immersive in the game, but to be engaged in you know, a, a multimedia. I mean, it sounds really naff, doesn't it? Um, you know, a, a cross-platform engagement with people. I'm not sure they've got the resources to build us what we need in game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you think that's uh, you know? Do you think that's going to change? I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the results that Frontier Developments have just published, but uh, do you think that's going to be something that they're going to iron out over the next sort of uh, six months, six years? Uh, they're eager. I mean, talking to them, I mean, I've been in constant email contact with Zach over at Frontier, with you know the team over there about the, the pending CG goal. We've planned for this for weeks and weeks and weeks before this started, and they're open to the ideas. We've just got to, you know, live within their capabilities as a business. They've got ambitions for planetary landing. They've got ambitions for, you know, future expansions. And I'm not sure that adding in-game communication tools, I mean, as much as I'd love it, um, is something that's not going to just cause them an enormous headache and detract from the future of the game. The tools are out there. We can use them. We're on TeamSpeak now. Um, we're on live radio stations now. I'm, I'm not sure they've got the wherewithal... Um, or necessarily the will to add these tools into the game. Yeah, and again, I, I seem to be uh, harping back to this game a lot, but uh, EVE Online brought out um, in-game communications. Uh, they set up their own sort of you know, TeamSpeak equivalent, and certainly in the time that I was there, uh, people didn't really engage with it, because by that point, they'd already set up their you know, their clan TeamSpeak servers where they'd go towards, or they'd have the global TeamSpeak servers where you know, people would just you know, use those as opposed to use the in-game one, because obviously, you know, even after they sorted out all the glitches and stuff, the in-game one still had a little bit of lag, whereas you know, the third-party applications like TeamSpeak, you know, they seem to work perfectly even when you're running the game in the background. So it could be that if they don't do it soon, uh, they might miss the boat and people will just actually be set up elsewhere and, and not use that function even if they were to implement it. Okay, but we digress, because let's be honest, we, 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 we haven't done any dev news, we haven't done anything else, so uh, we've got plenty of time on our way to Hutton Orbital. So let's kick off with the developed news, uh, starting off with the fact that we've had the Xbox release dates, and that is scheduled for release uh, on the 6th of October, um, which is sooner than I thought it was going to be, to be fair, and I'm guessing that means that we'll have our own CQC release on the PC uh, about a week later. Was everybody because that was the, that was the plan, wasn't it? That they were going to get it out uh, on the heels, uh, hours or days um, after the Xbox release. So, 
Uh, is that still the case, or have people picked up that the uh, the PC one slipped back? No, as far as I'm aware, that's that's pretty much the plan. Uh, I mean, they delayed the beta of um, CQC, or they've extended the beta of CQC for uh, for quite a while. So um, I expect that the, well, they're putting the the third version through of the Xbox version through the uh, the preview process now at the moment and you'd expect after a little bit of uh, testing on that one then the, then they're going to go forward and um, release the Xbox version so to be honest I'm not quite so sure how quickly they're going to turn things around because from what I've seen of the, the PC version it, the matchmaking does seem to be a lot better than the Xbox version Right, yeah, and certainly I've played a little bit of CQC as well, and I haven't had any issues. I know you and Grant have been having issues in terms of trying to get some matches made up for the, the Xbox uh, version, but yeah, the PC but one seems to be pretty much flawless for the times that I've been playing it. Have they managed to fix the Xbox One? Have you checked recently to see if they've managed to improve that, or is it still a bit of a ghost town out there on the Xbox? At the moment, it's still a bit of a ghost town, to be honest. Um, I don't think we'll get any more people taking part in it until there's another release of the uh, uh, another release of uh, the Xbox version. Um, this goes down to really the fact that you've got to go through the Microsoft procedures to make the release, and um, the advantage of their PC version is, of course, they're able to do the fix publish it, do their fix, publish it and keep on going until it's right you don't get that option with Microsoft's certification and I mean obviously I don't know this but maybe you guys are a little bit more aware, how long is the, sort of, the turnaround time do we know that uh, it takes after saying to Microsoft you've got a new patch or you've got a new release um, before that actually goes live are you talking days, are you talking weeks I'm afraid to say I don't think they've actually published that information. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. Don't worry about it. I was just curious. Um, okay, well, as we're talking about CQC, let's uh, let's stay on that and uh, just get everybody's thoughts on the the CQC beta for the PC. Well, quick, those that have been playing it. Sorry, sorry go on. Just a quick question about the the Xbox release. Um, with with the sort of slightly complicated pricing structure and releasing thing around Horizons, what's happening with the Xbox version? Are they getting Horizons with everyone else? No. Or they're not. They're, they're getting, what, like a whole year of Elite Dangerous as it is? Yeah, exactly. And we've got some uh, some answers from the devs, because obviously there's a few people been asking a similar sort of question, so we'll Excellent. cover those in the uh, the dev update. Um, but yes, certainly uh, Horizons is scheduled for the Xbox, but uh, is not going to be released initially with the Xbox. So you'd think the, the Xbox version, and possibly when they get around to releasing it maybe the, the playstation version as well will just be your you know your bog standard um you know space simulation with no planets uh until they get around to to doing the update for for them um but yeah as i say we'll cover that in more detail when it comes on to uh, some of the answers that the devs have been given back so um people's opinions on on cqc uh, i know grant colin you played on the xbox how did it feel ditching the controller and going on to the uh, the hot ass it was amazing 
amazing! Well, for one, I actually killed people, which is just you know, on the Xbox. I didn't. The Xbox, I was only world class at ramming anyway. into the superstructure. Well, I can't speak for Grant or Colin, but I can say that I had a blast playing it the other night with Commander uh, Commander Karash and Psycho Cow during Crash Landing. Yeah, um, sorry. We went off and. We went off and played... Shut up, Shut up Grant, I'm talking now. You had your chance. Yeah, I gave you a good ten seconds there, and no, you didn't say out. Go on, Ben, you, you tell him. You continue, I, tell I, me about I, I your will. experience. <laughs> um, no, so we had, we had a blast, we went off and we winged up, and it was quite obvious we were playing against some other commanders... Um, who were also watching the stream eventually, and it was good that they were what they were. We started out when we were doing the capture the flag, and it was just one poor guy, and <laughs> I was running defense for the guys. Karash was capturing the flag, and like Karash was running down and capturing it, and running down and capturing it, and I just I saw the poor commander against the four of us and I was just like take the flag I'm not going to do anything just just take it and you know you, I'll let you have a wee bit of fun um, but then when, in some other matches later on then other people joined in and it seemed apparent by the end of the by the end of our time on CQC evening that they'd obviously worked out some strategies and our final match was a really close game um, lots of running around very very close and we had a complete blast Okay, so just going back to that initial um, instance then. So uh, the game actually allowed you to be paired against one one guy. So there's three on your team and only one guy on the other side. That Ooh, four like... guys on our team. So four guys on the blue team, one guy on the red team. That sounds like a bug to me. Surely, yeah, they'd want to I sort of level that I don't think it is. Um, basically, the four of us were winged up or we were in a squadron to go in with. So... They're not going to break... I think it's right that you don't break a squadron up and you just do your best to fill up the op four as quick as you can. And that's basically what happened. Within a couple of minutes of the game starting, more commanders started getting into this poor guy's instance. Uh, but of okay. course, by by that time, we were already basically two and a half nil up. Okay, well, I can see yeah, there's a there's an unfair advantage to that if you're actually mm -hmm. going to play this thing competitive as opposed to just sort of have a bit of fun with it. Uh, I'm not sure I'd be the guy that would... Uh, I'm not sure I'd be chuffed being the guy that was only one person on my team trying to defend a flag for the first five minutes whilst other people joined in. Maybe there'd be something worth setting up where you can only sort of go against other squadrons and you have to wait a little bit longer for another squadron to appear. I don't know. We'll see how it, uh, we'll see how it evolves as the game goes on. So that was Capture the Flag. What about death matches? We did a team deathmatch, which was a similar thing, which was, that was a lot of fun. That was just basically, it was complete madness, but it was a good laugh. And I don't think we actually did deathmatch that evening, did we, Grant? Did we? Grant has gone to Scouts, if you're doing oh. the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that explains why Grant has like has left the building. Yes, yes. I, think, I think that's why he wanted to speak first. Because <laughs> uh. he's gone. But he needed to leave a note to say that he thinks it's brilliant. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Colin, are you still here? You haven't taken your kids or picking your kids up from Scouts. You're still on the show? I am still here, but just very Excellent. quietly. Smashing. Well, in which case, talk us through your experience of moving from the Xbox version uh, to the PC version. What have you noticed that's different? What's the same? What's better? What's worse? Etc. Etc. I think the main advantage um, is when you have the hot ass controller and you've got the, the head the ED tracker. That just gives you that 
extra bit of edge when you really need it. Um, admittedly, um, I did like the precision of the Xbox controller after I got used to it, but when you get down to it, I don't think anything beats the hot ass. Okay, so when you say you enjoyed the precision of it, did you would you suggest that the, there's more precision in the controller than there is on the um, the flight sticks? Well, put it this way, you don't use as much energy, that's for sure. <laughs> you're just moving your thumbs. But um, uh, I must admit, the, the once you got used to what the X control, Xbox controller could do, then um, you could find you could pull off a lot of, a lot of the manoeuvres that you didn't think were possible. Um, however, when you have the the hot ass controller uh, and you've got the uh, the ED tracker, it, it just gives you so many more options that the ships will be capable of using. Okay, and uh, let's go through uh, some of the loadouts. Because obviously, what I didn't realise, and this has put a few people's backs up, I know, uh, even in the beta, um, you need to actually play, um, put some playtime in to actually unlock uh, the rest of the ships, uh, the rest of the weapon loadouts, uh, and things like that. Previously in betas, it's been a free-for-all, so they've given you access to everything that they wanted you to test. Uh, I think there's been a few people who haven't really been prepared to invest the, the time it takes to actually unlock everything once they discovered that was, in, you know, in fact, what it, they needed to do. Um, so well, they need to test the unlocking. You know, the, un yeah, the unlocking is a new feature. Um, I guess they kind of fairly feel fairly confident about the way the ships in-game handle now, but maybe they wanted to make sure that the whole progression thing worked as yeah. expected. And I, I would agree with that, and I, yeah, I can see that that would make sense. Uh, I think possibly just warning people that that was going to be the case, and it was something they wanted to test as opposed to uh, letting people find out for themselves, because there does seem to be a little bit of a kickback about the fact that people don't want to spend the time unlocking everything. They just want to be able to jump into the beta and fly everything straight away. Um, well, really, that's, isn't that a bit like spoilers? Because you'll end up, the first thing you'll do is you jump into the top-level ship, get the best equipment, and you won't have that satisfaction of working your way up. Might give it a false yeah, impression of what the game the, would be. <laughs> Possibly, but the same thing can be said when we've been doing the beta and everybody jumping into an anaconda for for twenty thousand credits. Um, yeah, it's up to the the beta testers whether or not they're prepared. I mean, I certainly stayed away from um, jumping into some of the larger ships during the main beta because you know I wanted to have that progression in game. You know, when I bought my first Anaconda, I wanted it to be the first time I'd actually sat in one, so I avoided that. But, yeah, that was a choice, whereas in this game, uh, this particular part of the, the beta, you have to uh, unlock all those things uh, one by one if you want to actually uh, you know, try them out. And I think a few people were caught out by that. Um, but let's, let's talk about the ships. So, Colin, how far have you gotten in terms of unlocking them? What's been your favourite ship so far? Well, to be honest, I mean, I'm on level 11, so I haven't actually gone up and locked any of the non-starter ships yet. But, <coughs> pardon me, out of the three ships that we've we've been mucking about with, I must admit, I do love the Condor. It does feel like a TIE fighter, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ben, your thoughts? I love the Condor. Um, I think the Condor is such a beautiful ship. It's so manoeuvrable, and it's surprisingly powerful as well. Yeah, absolutely. Jarvis, how much of this have you actually managed to play? No, I've not managed to try CQC yet. Okay, fine. So, um, I'm actually with you three, then. Um, you three, you two, uh, in terms of uh, the Condor. Um, I've flown, obviously, the Sidewinder Condor, and uh, what's the other one? The Eagle. 
and yeah. the the eagle and the sidewinder to me just feel like it's crazy considering the size of them they just feel like tanks once you've been used to the condor and the fact that it you know turns on dime and it's so fast it's so maneuverable you can throw it around the yeah the the map uh you can get nice and close to all the um all the structures you can get it close and hug the asteroids in terms of getting cover um once you try and do that in a sidewinder you just feel so slow and everything's just so slow to turn so slow to go forward i know it's got better armor but i found very quickly that uh, people in more maneuverable ships were just getting behind me and just um yeah firing up my exhaust pipe and uh, finishing me off quite quickly even though i still had uh, you know i had all this extra armor uh dave have you had a chance to play any um cqc yeah, I, I spent, uh, before this kicked off, two or three days playing around in it. Um, I seem to get uh, instanced with Karash quite a lot, and it was uh, number one Karash, uh, number two me, number one Karash, number two me. I, I have to say, flying through those superstructures, uh, flying through these new assets they've built, is probably the most combat fun I've had in this game. It was I was a youngster again. I was watching the Millennium Falcon. I was flying through <laughs> a Death Star. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I must admit, I spent the first um, 15 minutes or so shooting uh, some of the superstructures because I was certain that uh, some of the uh, the circular stuff on the uh, on the structures. I, I I remember somewhere. I don't know where I picked this up from. Where I thought this was right that you had to shoot out walls and stuff. It um, does. So there's. Oh really? Yeah, you can blow uh, up cargo tanks on the outside of the uh, the structures. There are fuel tanks out there. You can blow them up. Okay, but does that open up like extra tunnels through the uh, the structure, or is there just that one uh, main tunnel through most of the structures? No, I've been too busy dying to find out, but there are some <laughs> closed doors that I'm sure I've seen open in other sessions, so I've Dave's been trying right. to go around shoot shoot stuff. Yeah, Dave's right. There are some doors which, if you look carefully at them, I think they've got some green lights around them, and yeah. if you shoot them, then they will eventually open for you. But it takes concerted fire for a second or so, rather than just clipping it. Uh, I wonder if I was just in too basic a ship then, because I was sat in front of something that sounds very similar to that, and just you know unloading all my weapons on it, and it just there is a round up. orange thing that looks like it should open, but it doesn't. <laughs> oh, I've just gone like... headlong into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah, like maybe that's what it tunnel. was. <laughs> Excellent. So, do we think this is uh, this is going to pull us all out of the main game, or we're going to leave the main simulation behind, and everybody's just going to be a CQC junkie when they actually launch this in 1.4? I know I'm going to have to be very disciplined. Um, I, uh, I find myself playing far too much CQC, um, and and rather neglecting the play, uh, the main game for uh, for too long. But I think. Um, as you know, as long as you limit yourself to maybe a couple of couple of nights a week, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I can give it up any time I need. Oh dear, this sounds bad, uh, Ben. I think I'll treat it like I treat everything else. It's like I'll just go in and do what I want. If I want to do something nice and relaxed, then I'll go and do a trade run. If I want a bit more combat, then maybe I'll go and do some resource bounty hunting. And if I want, especially if I'm wanting to just kick back with my friends and shoot things, that's where CQC will come in for me. Okay, what about you? Commander Vantian. 
I mean, for me, I mean, I spend so much time out in beta doing silly things like this. Uh, yes, I'm going to get distracted. It is wonderful fun, um, but I'm not making uh, what they call progress in the main game anyway. I'm, I'm bimbling around the place, enjoying what I feel like when I feel like it. And at the moment, uh, Hutton's taken up my time. Next week, I'm sure I'm going to be beta testing this one. The week after, I'm probably going to be doing some trading again to get my Python back. I'm, I'm going to dip in. I'm going to dip out. Yeah, I think that's pretty much the same for me as well. I must admit, I, I did enjoy it. I played it for, I don't know, about an hour one night and about you know, 45 minutes another night. And then after the second 45 minutes, I thought, yeah, actually, I, I'm pretty much done for this for the time being. I'll you know park it there and then come back to it maybe when the main game uh, comes out. But I don't think, unless they do something that links the main simulation to CQC, that it's going to be something that uh, grabs me for a prolonged period of time. Unless they do something where, you know, if you if you do something in CQC, you can bring that back into the main game. I don't know, get special weapons or something like that. Um, special rewards. Uh, I can't see me actually jumping onto the CQC bandwagon um, over the main game, which um, yeah, it would be interesting to see how many people do and how many people don't. Ben? Am I not right in thinking that Michael Brooks says something along the lines of once you get to level 50, you can optionally reset yourself back down to level 1? And then you progress again, but this time you're making money in the real game or something? Well, that's interesting, I haven't heard that. Well, you get money in the real game anyway. This, uh, you you get credits. Well, they, they've brought a new panel to the right-hand side, guys, which uh, yes. gives you a new ranking, which gives you people flying around can see how well you are doing at CQC, so if you're a combat pilot, people will see it. And there is, there's money, I think, to be made from the CQC as well. Yeah, on top oh, of that... It all depends on your uh, OCD, Fuzzy, because if you're looking at your panel and you see you're, you're still helpless. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you say helpless. Maybe we can jump on that. Am I right in thinking there's been a little bit of controversy in the forums recently about that, uh, that particular moniker? Uh, that there's been a petition to actually get the, the phrase helpless taken out and replaced with something else. No, it's so to, it's to ha- following the story. Yeah, it's to actually have the whole CQC thing removed from the status panel, uh, not to replace the names. And uh, to be honest, I think I prefer to have it to have it there. But you know, <laughs> there was complaining about the wording of the the rankings. Though I have seen people saying that they think helpless is needlessly inflammatory. But I mean. <sighs> I suppose it's two things. I don't really see that it's any different to harmless. Yeah. Um, I, did, I suppose it is subtly different, but not enough to actually, I would have thought, cause anyone enough offence to put pen to paper. Um, I don't really understand why the rankings aren't just the elite rankings. I mean, it's not as though it's a game that lacks a naming structure for ranks. Well, I don't know. It's nice to have the variation. Mind you, the next level up is you're mostly helpless. <laughs> Yeah, which is kind of keeping in the keeping in the naming structure anyway. But I suppose since they added all the extra ones for trading and for exploration, um, they probably wanted to keep it separate in terms of. I mean, CQC isn't exactly what you'd call the same as combat out in the in the galaxy. So, you know, I can see them wanting to separate it out slightly. Because um, just because you're a great CQC pilot doesn't mean to say you're going to be a great you know, pilot out there in the void. Ben. 
Right, I've dug up the quote from Michael now. So he's saying, when players reach CQC rank 50, they'll be given the option to prestige. Prestiging allows the player to set their rank back to one, where they'll lose all of their unlocks, but in return they'll be able to earn more credits for use in the main game. A, per- a permit to Attila's Orbital Station in CD Mark 4311917, remember that one, as well as a new icon next to the name to show other commanders that this pilot is not to be trifled with. A player can progress up to prestige level 9, where they max out the amount of credits that they earn and are seen as one of the best pilots around. I might be wrong, but that's a, it's a, not a standard thing, but it's a very similar um, wording to a lot of the Xbox-based multiplayer shooters, isn't it? I seem to remember yeah, a lot of my Xbox It's very similar to Call of Duty and things. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye on it, and obviously we'll keep on reporting about the CQC as it evolves. Uh, let's quickly jump on to some of the uh, some of the questions that we have had from uh, from devs. Let's just go through these, um, pick out some of the interesting ones. So, in terms of... Ex- Are you still there, Fozzer? Have you gone? Yeah, I can't hear anything. Well, we've come, in, come in, Commander Fozzer. Okay. <laughs> God, those pirates are good round here, aren't they? <laughs> they are. I wonder what happened. Uh, we've lost oh, Fozzer. We've yeah. lost him. Oh. Right, well, let's jump into what Fozzer, I think he was leading on to. <laughs> Hello. Ah, oh, oh, you You're back. You're I was talking away quite happily. No, I was saying so. Um, paint jobs for Xbox players. They're asking, you know, will they get them and when will they get them? So, um... The response was that they are supported and planned for Xbox One, but they're not going to be in the initial release. Um, I don't actually have an Xbox, obviously, so is there, a, is there support for in-game purchases within Xbox games? How are they going to do it? Well, oh, God, there must be. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> if Xbox what... can't sell you an overpriced set of armour for your horse, <laughs> set it up wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you can you can buy uh, mods and things like that for for games. You can do that in, in Minecraft. You can get different skins for the particular games. So I don't see there being a problem for that. Okay, so uh, will Elite Dangerous Horizons release on the Xbox? Um, is there any idea about when? So yes, we are planning to release it, uh, but there isn't a release date available for that. Uh, if you buy a lifetime expansion pass on the PC, will it cover you on the console as well? Surely there's not even a reason to ask that question. But no surprising, the, the answer is no. The lifetime expansion pass is not currently available on the Xbox One. Uh, can I use my PC commander on the Xbox if I have the Xbox version? Nope. PC and Mac and Xbox One commanders are all separate. That's interesting. Now, I think there was quite a lot of um, people asking about that. Um, I think there's going to be oh, well. quite a few people upset. No, I was worried, actually, because um, because my commander name in Elite Dangerous and my commander name in the Xbox version were exactly the same. I was scared that um, one would overwrite the other, if you right. see what I mean, because it's all the shared simulation in the background. Um, thankfully, that means that from what their answer is there, I don't have anything to worry about. Okay, cool. Um, will it be a PC, uh, PlayStation 4 version? Um, and they just gave the standard answer of looking at additional release platforms, but there isn't a time frame for this yet. That sounds pretty stock. I think that they're probably pretty far on with the PlayStation 4 version. Do you guys agree? Well, I think you're probably the- right there, yes. Yeah, it's their own. It's their own engine, isn't it? It's the Cobra engine, so it's you know it's based on their confidence for for how well things run. Although I can't recall um, what PlayStation Development Frontier have done previously. 
off the top of my head because I don't think the roller coaster tycoon stuff came out on it. Um, so I'm struggling to think of a Frontier game that they've released on a Sony platform before. Um, not that it, you know, not that it might make any difference with their own engine and stuff. They've talked before about how kind of platform independent they can be. Um, but I don't know. Can anyone think of anything that they've released on PlayStation uh, Four? Yeah. PlayStation Four is a different beast, of course. Oh, hello. I've got a connection error. I've got a matchmaking server error on uh, on my Hutton orbital trip. Yeah, oh. my wing my wing buddy's been dropping in on and off my scanner. Yeah, we just lost you from the wing. Oh dear. Oh dear. I'm pirate fodder. <laughs> Wait. Stop. Wait for me. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of anything on the PlayStation they've done, but the way I figure it, if they can get stuff compiling on the Cobra, well, if they can get Cobra to do stuff for Android, surely they can get to doing stuff for PS4. Well, this is it. So, you, you know, I can't help but think that there is... Uh, yeah, there is something in Frontier Towers which is quite a long way down the lines when it comes to PlayStation 4. Um, interesting, obviously, with the PlayStation 4 is that you've got the, the Mobius headset. Mobius? No, sorry, not the Mobius headset, the Morpheus headset. Um, oh, which, <laughs> which would be um, which would be an interesting addition uh, over and above, obviously, what the, uh, the Xbox version has. Um, it would be quite interesting to see if they can tie that in to work as well as you know, what we've seen with the Oculus Rift working uh, with Elite Dangerous. So, that's a question for PlayStation 4 owners. Uh, only the one, is it coming out? Questions from the PC owners. Um, will we see cooperative missions and objectives in-game aimed at wings? Uh, this is a good question. Uh, it's one of the things that I've been wondering about for a while. So, um, wings missions are being considered. Although they're not an immediate roadmap. They're not on the immediate roadmap. Uh, they have a number of general improvements which apply to all players with regards to the missions that they want to look at first, such as chained missions. I thought chain missions were coming in 1.4. Am I wrong? Yeah, I was under that impression as well. I, I thought they were, but they were missing from the last update list that we were given. Yeah, they're certainly not in the beta. Yeah, it's true, they're not in the beta. Um, do you think this is something that's going to be coming with um, 1.5 and ships, or do you reckon it's going to be pushed back even further than that? Because, I mean, they were talking about, obviously... In improving the mission structure and improving you know, the story arcs that go with those missions, but it seems to have died a death. We haven't heard anything about it for, for a few weeks now. Yeah, well, I hope it's not pushed back too far, because I think from my point of view, um, improve, you know, I said this last week, I'll say it again, <laughs> improvements to the mission structure is, you know, for someone like me that d doesn't generally play a lot of PvP, uh, improvements to the mission is what the game desperately needs to be a kind of, you know, an even more engrossing single-player game. Um, it, maybe it'll get pushed back to 1.5. I, what I really don't hope is because you know they were talking about an expanded mission structure being a huge feature of uh, Horizons with multi-part missions taking you from orbital structures down to planet surfaces and back again. What I'm really hoping is that that whole mission revamp doesn't get pushed all the way into Horizons because um, that'll be a very disappointing few months if that's the case. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm, I'm hoping they're in 1.4. Uh, if not in 1.4, I'd expect it to be in 1.5 because the, the ships, things that they've said, okay, that's that's nice, lots of extra ships, but there doesn't seem to be any play modification to it, new new functionality that's they've been announced. So it might be they they want to put in 1.4 here 
and then move the mission structure back to 1.5 to spread uh, to spread the development. Yeah, well, let's see uh, see what comes out in the next couple of weeks. Um, next question was: There are a few decals right now. Uh, will we be seeing more anytime soon? Will they be downloadable content or in-game rewards or both? Um, and the answer has been, we do want to do more with decals and reveal more once things are finalised. Now, obviously, there is going to be a new decal coming in 1.4, guys, isn't there? There's going to be the Lavecon decal. Um, I thought that so was a whole are, skin. <laughs> it is. It's both decals <laughs> and skins. So uh, there will be some new decals coming into the game for those people lucky enough to have grabbed their card at, uh, at Lavecon. Uh, and in case people haven't seen the picture, it's sort of like a fiery, uh, a fiery griffin, isn't it? It's the elite logo, but uh, but on fire, uh, which looks quite cool. So I'm looking forward to putting that on uh, on my ships. Um, currently, there are two station interiors. White stroke pink stations are rare. Will we see more variants in the game? Uh, it's something they're looking at, they say, but it's a very low priority for now. Now that's a shame because the stations are a little bit samey. Um, it doesn't really impact on, on gameplay much, but it would be nice to see a little bit more variety, would you say? Uh, yeah, it would, but um, I do understand that it's an awful lot of work to do, and it might be an awful lot of work for very little return, if you see what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Grant, welcome back. I take it you've managed to pick up your son from Scouts? Yes, all in one piece and everything. I don't think he has. No, he has. He just hasn't no. muted his microphone. Yeah, I keep forgetting <laughs> to turn the thing on. It's my own fault. It's because, of course, anyone that's listening to the streams can hear me perfectly well, and they're wondering what you guys are going on. Like, it makes you look like idiots when actually I'm the idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, obviously, you've missed the, the, the chat on CQC, but we did get your message that you thought it was brilliant. Um, we're now talking about some of the uh, the questions that we've got back from uh, the devs. Um, do you think the fact that we've only got two yeah, two station interiors at the moment is uh, is something they need to address immediately, or do you reckon it's so that they can wait till they uh, they get round to it? Well, you know, it's one of these things. They have got so many balls in the air juggling at the moment to get out and so many teams it does feel that the I don't know that I've noticed them to be very sort of static you've got the sort of standard industrial internals and then you've got that wonderful one with the palm trees is that the only two is there no sort of variance in between I don't think there are because I don't actually it's never occurred to me I've never thought my goodness the station's a bit samey because I'm not focused on the station. At that point, I'm really just trying to get landed and either A, not wreck my ship, or B, I've got no shields as per normal and I'm trying not to take that last percentage of my hull away and uh, lose my cargo all over it. So, I mean, the the the, the palm tree station is stunning. Um, I think, yeah, if, if they were to sort of, you know, procedurally generate the internals based on the locations and stuff, so an industrial one was even grimier and maybe a sort of mm. uh, poorer station with a lower economy didn't have quite as many pads or maybe some of the pads could malfunction. That could be quite fun. So I think there's definitely room for them to adjust it. Is it a priority? If you can dock and sell your stuff? No. <laughs> okay, and we also, I mean, there was talk in the uh, early on in the uh, 
developments for the game about the fact that they can you know use all the various parts and and build these wonderful sort of um, space station hybrids uh, i haven't seen that many of those kicking about um, in the sort of level of variety that uh, they expressed in the um in the development uh, development news letters and things like that uh, i think there's probably a little bit more um mileage to get out of those particular things uh, i'd love to see like two um two coriolises attached together with a you know a uh, a wireframe between them something along those lines you know um something really sort of weird and funky um but yeah so obviously more stuff to come um npc chatter could it be more varied could it be audio instead uh, the answer to this is they've added a lot more chatter variants as part of the cqc update and as new npc circumstances are added such as new scenarios or triggers then they'll add more chatter they also want to look at chatter providing hints and clues to hidden or secretive events like treasure hunts however there's no immediate plans for text-to-speech now where does everybody sit on this i mean text-to-speech i thought in things like the wing commander games and the um the free space conflict free space games i thought added a really big sense of immersion um i can understand that in something the size of elite dangerous however that's yeah potentially it could get samey and instead of it being sort of varied it could actually make the universe seem smaller as opposed to to larger but where do you guys stand on this ben well, interestingly enough, I heard that Frontier bought a text-to-speech company out a couple of years ago. Um, I've not found any more information other than some hearsay about that, unfortunately. But it's certainly, if they if they have done that, then it implies that that's something they're at least thinking about. Yeah, and you think that's something they're thinking about for this particular game, or do you think it might have been something they had for a different project, or just something they were going to build into the Cobra engine? Maybe? Something that you're going to build into the Cobra engine, and once you've got it, you can use it for anything, and it certainly lends itself to Elite. But, as with everything that Frontier... I want to say everything. As with many things at Frontier, they're not going to release it until they feel comfortable with it. Yeah, which true. I think that's fair enough. I also I have to make a clarification about I PlayStation do not like stuff. Text to speech, even though it can be quite good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, apparently, Frontier have actually done quite a few PlayStation games. They've done Thrillville off the rails. The Outsider, even though it didn't get released, was for the PlayStation. Um, also, a Dog's Life apparently is something that Frontier did, and something called Amazing. Yeah. yeah, I did wonder how far they'd got with The Outsider. Um, I'd forgotten about Thrillville. I, I think in my head I thought Thrillville and the um, whole Zoo Tycoon thing. Um, mm. Not Zoo Tycoon, you know what I mean. Um, I think I think in my head I'd, I'd amalgamated that into one game. Uh, but no, quite right. No, it's the kind of thing, if uh, we don't correct it now, we're going to have to correct it later, aren't we? <laughs> this is true. That's <laughs> no, fine. Um... Uh, Okay, so, early on, we could make our ships go cold to the point of the cockpit freezing. Will this ever come back? Will we see stealth along the lines of dry ice jets on the uh, the FDL? Um, And the answer is, of course, you can still get the ice effect if you go cold. However, we'll look at tweaking this for a future release to make it more likely to occur. Um, I must admit, I haven't seen the the ice effect uh, when I've been smuggling slaves in, uh, in my anaconda. Um, maybe I just assumed it was because I wasn't uh, I was only sort of switching into stealth for that last 
10, 15 seconds of trying to get through the uh, the docking port. But uh, have you guys noticed that the, the icing of your ship doesn't happen as much as it used to? I've not seen oh, it as I've, I've, much. But uh, Sorry, Chris. But the, our cameraman who's based out at Hutton Orbital, who shows the sort of camera feed, he froze up something awful over one night. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I've struggled in the past to get down to the, the temperatures where, where you do freeze up. Because when I was doing the audio books, I wanted that sound effect of the, the, the cockpit freezing. Um, and I found that that last one or two percent really does take a long time to drop off. Um, and unless you've got upgraded life support, <laughs> you're not going to live long enough to see it. Um because, you know, even, even something as much as having your life support on generates enough heat to stop you getting frosty. Doesn't so, uh, oh, yeah, 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 totally. Doesn't anybody use heat sinks anymore? Oh, I don't, I don't have heat sinks, so I couldn't ditch stuff away. Yeah, they made some major changes to heat management in uh, recent updates, and they, they immediately dropped them. They thought it was too controversial. I was chatting to the guys at Navecon, and there was a lot of heat sink and heat management, um, particularly with weapons they put into the game, and they dropped them and toned them down, between uh, not just between their version and between beta and live as well. So heat management's part of what they were planning, guys. Oh yeah, no, no, totally. I think that the, I do remember. Yeah, there was a change at one point when someone was talking about how getting hit by weapons uh, would increase your thermal rating, um, and some people were complaining about that. Um, well, well, Mike Evans was compl- uh, was pointing out with the Imperial Eagle that it overheats something rotten, and that's basically because he might have actually set the heat ratios, uh, the heat to. Uh, it might be more subsessed. I can't even say the bloody word now. Uh, it, it might run hot a little too much, so he's going to have to tone that down for the next one. Yeah, I had a micro like that. <laughs> um, uh, next one I thought is actually quite a good point, especially jumping back between Hutton and and and, uh, and the Ready Station. He said, "Can we have a last five shortlist in navigation, please?" Answer to this is a history of jumps is something we want to add. Uh, it would help a hell of a lot because uh, if you're just on the mouse and stuff, trying to get it all sort of uh, locked back in, uh, it can be an absolute nightmare. If it was a, a side panel that you could just access and open. It would make certainly the uh, the backward and forth, backward and forth um, trade runs that a lot of people do uh, a lot more pleasant. Um, okay, any chance of getting player-generated missions? For example, from a player, automated out-of-fuel distress signal generates uh, BB mission. BB mission? What's a BB mission? Bulletin board. Bulletin board. Bulletin board mission for refueling. Um, OOF player? Hmm. Okay. Out of something. Fuel. Out of yes. fuel player. Okay. So the out of fuel player would get your... Your refueling ship is 1,200 light years away message at each jump from player that accepts the mission, as well as being able to communicate with them. And the answer is not surprisingly. These aren't currently planned. The distress beacon is something we've considered and might well look at something like this further down the line. The distress beacon I actually thought was quite a quite a novel thing. No, it did absolutely nothing in uh, in Frontier and First Encounters. The fact that you could switch it on just added to the immersion of the uh, of the simulation. I always thought, Jarvis. Yeah, I was going to say going back to that point about the mission. I mean, it, you're almost 
systematizing what the fuel rats have already done um, in the sense that obviously you know because of the way the fuel rats play in the game you can currently put in a request for someone to come and um, bring it but it's a bit like what we were talking about earlier about giving players levers to help each other out and create new levels of gameplay that maybe the game doesn't support um, certainly I think if you were out of fuel and there was an in-game mission generated you might get a response maybe quicker uh, but I don't know. I've not used the fuel rats. They might be very fast. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. Um I think they profess to, you know, to to rescue you and get you fuel within twenty four hours or your money back. <laughs> okay. Um, last few of these questions now. Um, someone asking about the ability to store components at various stations so that they can change ships. Uh, nice and easily if they want to change the uh, the role that they're doing um, whether it's trade or combat or exploration uh, Frontier of Combat isn't in the plan at the moment but we do want to make it easier to retrieve distant ships so multiple ship ownership is more practical now how do you reckon they're going to sort this out do you reckon it's going to be like an instant teleport do you think it's going to be something that takes an hour in game for someone to, to taxi your ship over from the, um, the station to at? I mean how do people want this to work I mean would you rather have it instantaneously or would you like to have it so that it takes a little bit of time obviously more time the further away um, it's coming from uh, what's going to keep your immersion break your immersion immersion versus um, immersion versus uh, convenience Ben I'm definitely with you there. I think that I, I would like it to take a, a period of time based on how far away you are. And that could actually be based off of player statistics and say, well, okay, well, we're going from here to here. That usually takes about 20 minutes to do. So it's going to take the NPC 20 minutes to do. But what I think would be very interesting would be what happens if that um, NPC pilot gets interdicted en route and your ship destroyed. Oh, can or... you imagine the winging? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or maybe, you know, you come in and you find out that he's using it to smuggle trumbles in. Hmm. Not sure about that one. I mean, I know that the players would want it instantaneously, but again, that would break immersion. So it's one of these balancing acts they're going to have to, to work out. Yeah, yeah, but they, uh, blowing up your ship and appearing in the nearest station all completely back to life is kind of an immersion breaker as well. So it's not as if there aren't things in game that already break the immersion for over, you know, over convenience. Whether or not yeah. this one's actually, you know, go that one stage further. Yeah, but I thought yeah, everyone I was... had escape pods anyway. <laughs> That's how you're getting around it. Yeah, I, th I think the instantaneous transport of your ship would be a bit rubbish. Um, I like the idea that you can put in a flight request and it takes like maybe an hour to get to you or something. Um, or even, not even that. I mean, like, you know, I did 100 light years earlier to get from Lave to where the Hutton Run was starting. And that took me, what, five minutes? True. To do True. those 10 jumps? It's not that far. Um, so I think, you know, I think in a, in a universe where kind of everything and everyone has a price, I find it strange that you can't hire someone to bring your ship to you. 
I mean, you know, I've got friends who, I had friends from Poland who would talk about how they would phone up a, you know, you could basically get takeaway booze because you would phone up a taxi company and you would get the taxi driver to go and pick up booze for you and kind of bring it to your party. Um, and of course, if you've been to like the States, like everything is a service economy. So, the, you know, I've, been, I've seen places where there'll be like a pizza restaurant that doesn't have its own delivery drivers but they do employ a company whose specialism is taking food to people so you end up with this kind of service economy where everything's broken down and it would make sense to me in elite that you can hire somebody from a long way away and say i need you to bring this ship to here and you know maybe people earn their living just running ships from place to place what would be really interesting, of course, is if the single-player options expanded to the extent where you could play <laughs> as a ship career. <laughs> That'd be quite interesting. It would also make it reasonably well. But then, what happens if you're flying someone's ship out and you get interdicted by pirates? I mean, are you going to have to pay to repair their ship? Pay to? Uh... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. I don't know about the practicalities of that being a. A player and player crossover thing. I'm not sure whether the missions you would take on should be for players. In the same way that if they do implement this thing where you can have your ship transferred to you, I, I would think it would be a, a, an insane idea for there to be any suggestion of there being damage or destruction to your ship en route. You know, if you're making decisions about a player's ship without that player having implemented that gameplay, you're just you're just asking yourself for a public kicking. I mean, that's just nonsense, isn't it? I mean, you see, like, you know, we play Chaos Reborn. You see the amount of people who complain about the fact that spell casting is based on a percentage. And that's, you know, that's down to them whether they choose that percentage or not. Um, if you say to someone, oh, you've summoned your ship, you're, yeah, your ship was destroyed, you don't have a ship anymore, that's just, you know, it's nonsense, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine people being overly chuffed with it, to be fair. Colin? Oh, no, I, I'm, I'm afraid to say we've already covered my points on that one. Not a problem. Grant? Yeah, no, I think, you know, the whole discussion about your ships being at risk and all that kind of stuff was all from back in the DDF before the game was even out. We were saying, well, it'd be good if it would take that time to come. And there was a lot of hypothetical conversations happening then based on no knowledge of what the game was going to be like. I have to say now that I see there being absolutely no problem with there being a short delay for that if we're able to, you know explain why you can hyperspace jump billions of light years but you cannot jump from one star to the other star in a system to save one and a half hours of flight time so <laughs> if we're happy to make these hand wavium gestures then either make it instant so that it's a convenience for a player which aids gameplay and makes it much quicker or you know, or simply just make it 24-hour thing so you can arrive in the station, request it, and within 24 hours that ship will arrive at a random interval, you know, it just starts a counter and then magically it appears. And that would then answer it regardless. So from whatever distance, if you're way out in the middle of uh, the Saj A and there's a new station opens up and you're thinking, oh, this would be really handy to have my, you know, my sidewinder out here so that I can do some fancy flying stuff with these beautiful back drops then make it 24 hours anyway it doesn't really make much difference if it took you two years to get out there um it's just it's a game mechanic and it's a game and i think that for me it feels more of a game now than it ever would have been in my head 
prior to release and you know suddenly all these oh no but it's got to make sense it's got to fit the lore and all this kind of stuff has become slightly less important I'd want my ship and I'd want it blooming well now I want to jump in it and do something I don't want to wait but if I know that there's a you know 24 hour wait for it to arrive that gives Frontier the ability to have a sort of nice process that cannot be abused with 24 hours ships there and you can okay. accept that Colin yeah we had a similar incident a similar argument like this over on Star Wars The Old Republic because in order to get from place A to place B um, normally you went through these what the first time you went through them these wonderful um, travel uh, monologues, if you like, you'd have to fly to this system. You'd go through a beautiful space station. You, NPCs lying about and chatting and stuff like that. Uh, but it was all background stuff. You didn't interact with any of it. Uh, and then you finally got to your destination. And after a while, a lot of people just went, "Oh, just give us an instant teleport." And the devs were well put out. But what about all this wonderful content we've got for you? I went, "Look, we've seen it so many times now. Come, just give us an instant teleport." I agree, Colin, but also Star Wars The Old Republic had a big problem of loading screen, loading screen, loading screen. And when you were going to the space station, to walk through the space station and see all these lovely NPCs, to then take an elevator, which is another loading screen, to then take a shuttle, which is another loading screen, before you eventually got down to the planet, that's what I think the issue was. It's like all these different loading that was just, it was taking the mickey. Okay, well, let's uh, move on, because uh, we're, we're taking more time over these questions than I anticipate. Um, let's uh, let's finish it off with the the DDF. So the question was basically, there was a few things that got covered in the DDF uh, that so far in-game have been completely missing in action. So um, the answer to some of these, I'm just quitting it for it, it says, the DDF topics provided a wealth of information and opinions for features that we want to include in the game at some stage. Design always changes when it comes to implementation for various reasons. So... NPC comms is still on the card. Miss jumps and mini jumps are unlikely and not part of the current plan. Player alliances is something that is likely to evolve from the player minor faction stuff that they're putting in. Player trading, so trading from player to player, is unknown at the moment. Ship transfers and passenger missions are all in the current development plan. And the tier 2 NPC is likely to change. But we need to see how other factors like NPC comms fit in and what we can take from there. What was the tier 2 uh, NPCs again? I've forgotten. Is that where we had to build up a relationship with certain um, NPCs by doing missions for them and, and building our relationships with them? Yeah, that was where you might have like a, a contact who's a general in the like the Federal Navy or something, um, and then you could kind of you could get missions specific to them that were based on your relationship with them, um, and you could also call on them to help you in certain situations. So again, a general in the Navy might you know you might have the ability to call on fighter support somewhere, or if you had an NPC friend that was sort of high up in the, the, the sort of uh, the, the police that you might be able to get a, a criminal record edged off for free or that sort of thing yeah that's a shame because that was one of the bits from the uh, the DDF that I was actually really excited about I loved that sort of for me it sort of took the, the bulletin board and those faces that you saw in Frontier and First Encounters to the next level um, it seemed to be like the natural evolution for that particular system so yeah, obviously, if uh, if there is a way that they can include it into the game, I think it would be a great addition. Uh, Colin, 
Yeah, well, looking through all this little stuff, you know, I'm glad to see that NPC comms are still on the cards, passenger missions and ship transfers are still on the cards. I think the only thing there that I, I was a little bit concerned about was misjumps. Because I, I thought, hang on a second, if they put misjumps in, that's isn't that how the Thargoids get you? Uh, and the fact that you, there's no player-to-player trading. I mean, I know that's probably will be hard to police and it could be an exploit, but I don't know, it feels like you, you miss something there. That's Pandora's box, isn't it? When you open that one, you've got trouble. I mean, I suppose yeah. we could just... Carry, we could just carry on trading with bartering. Sort of, I'll drop three tons of gold for your eight tons of um, beryllium, and, and work like that, I suppose. But uh, I think that's about the closest that you'll get for player training. I was like yeah. a barter system. <laughs> you'd, li- you'd like a barter system, do? I think barter systems are fun, but uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, this guy won't aggle. Yeah, the, the main thing I'm, I'm missing, I'll keep going about this, uh, ship names are still a huge thing that's missing from my point of view. And there was this whole DDF topic, not just about the ability to kind of arbitrarily slap a piece of text, you know, on the side of your ship, um, but actually um, the fact that your ship name, that your ship would build up a reputation as well as you did. And maybe now the game's live, they've decided that ships are just disposable commodities and you don't actually get attached to your ship in the way that we all hoped, you know, you would in this situation of the game. Um, but I, for one, would still like to see... Well, exactly. No, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm speculating as to what they might be thinking. I'm still flying the Cobra if I started... Um, you know, when the game came out, admittedly, it looks very different now. <laughs> I've changed it a lot. Um, but, it, I, you know, that's the thing I'm most missing is the ability to give my ship a name. Um, and whether or not they implement those features to do with ship reputation and the kind of second-hand ship market, I think, to be honest, maybe that DDF topic was was over-complicated um, during a time when they were kind of blue-skying an awful lot of different features. Um, I, don't, I don't really care about that. I, I just want the ability to be able to type a text name of my ship in and have it appear along, along the, the edge of the ship um, as a sort of hull name. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we're, we're missing a trick, certainly, by uh, by having ship naming not being a thing. Um, but I guess, I dare say, when it comes to setting the database and stuff, keeping track of all those, you know, unique particular ship names or, you know, uh, how many instances of Big Knob 11111 or Big Knob 22222, you know, do you really want to let into the game? Um, but it's only the same as the player names. Yeah, no, it is exactly the same as the player names. Um but then it's linking, you know, how much extra database it's going to take to, uh, or resource it's going to take to link that particular ship with that particular player name and stuff. I, I love the idea, I really do, and I think the idea of being able to go into a, yeah, a, a ship trading yard and actually not only buy a ship, but buy a ship with a name and a little bit of reputation that goes with it to either, yeah, slightly increase the the cost of that particular ship. Uh, I think would be quite uh, quite cool. Uh, the question is, of course, what happens if that ship gets blown up? Obviously, the commander comes back as an instant rebirth, but it, would that ship therefore then be lost forever? I think that Frontier now will realise that ships are disposable. You might think, I mean, there's no one in the world, the insurance system makes for that situation is not, you never feel that your Hulk, your 
your pile of scrap is, is, is picked up and dragged back somewhere and reassembled in order to create that kind of emotional link to the ship. Yeah, I love that type of ship, but my ship looks identical to your ship and your ship looks identical to that ship. It doesn't have that unique customizability on it that allows you to go... Ah, there's my cobra sitting there on the dock just waiting for me. Ah, look, that wobbly cup holder there in the corner and the slightly strange smell and the damp patch in the back of the seat. These things are... (laughs) (laughs) They're just not there to create that emotional tie. And I think, you know, Frontier have probably realised that that insurance, the way the insurance works, has killed the emotional attachment to a ship. It's, it's it doesn't. Hard. It doesn't stop them. It doesn't stop them charging you five quid for a paint job for it, though. No, but I mean that, that's. To, that's <laughs> and, and then your tra- your paint jobs transfer. However, naming your ship will create an emotional attachment to it if you have to rename the one that you buy afterwards. Forget the whole reputation thing because that sounds like a complete mm. nightmare. And anyway, who's going to come along and look, oh look, there's a there's that infamous Cobra, the dog's bollocks. I'm going to pay above the odds to buy that so that I can fly it and pretend I'm the guy. No, that's not going to work, is it? It's just never going to work because the ship name is just the name and I don't think that that kind of reputation system is needed so let us name our ships but don't make it any more complicated than that and yes when we die wipe the name so we have to rename the next one but then we'll just have Foz's Lament 1 Foz's Lament (laughs) stop it that was my EVE online ship um Okay, so final question here. Will the centre cockpit screen between the pilot's knees ever do anything apart from streaming Netflix? Uh, the answer is yes, it will. And obviously we know that's got something to do with uh, with Horizons. Um, so we'll wait for that. Now, we've taken a lot longer talking through those uh, those answers than I was anticipating. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to shelve the golden joystick chat for this week. Uh, and we're going to kind of come back to that next week. Uh, for those of you that are in the convoy, I am registering. I dropped out because of a connection issue, but I am registering as being a seven minutes out so i'm guessing you guys are a little bit closer six minutes 30 six minutes minutes have reports of some pirate activity in the area so be wary when you approach the stations uh, if you're coming in uh, i believe commander doki doki may well be firing at pirates and trying to keep the some of the instances clear but we've had a number of other reports coming in suggesting that there is a wing of four pirates out there that should certainly be kept an eye out for but we're in a quite a big session and in in these cases generally speaking we arrive in a very quiet uh, instance you know, all of us coming together and nobody else can get in but there is a wing of four around Hutton led by a pirate Majin Commander Majin Majin Mouthy Vash that's an unusual name but basically watch out for ships that seem a bit strange that have got their hard points deployed send them a quick message in your comms and if they come back telling you to drop your scrap you know you're in trouble and take whatever action you feel you have to take yeah, and uh, you were saying about the fact that you were in a nice large instance with lots of friends. Since obviously I dropped my connection, instance of one. So I'm I'm the one that I'm expecting to get blown out of the sky. Yeah, I uh, seem to have my own here. I seem to have even lost my wing. 
I had uh, Glancing Midden in a wing with me. I seem to be totally solo in my instance at the moment. I am so looking forward to hearing you two die live on air. It's going to be awesome. Um, the, we have Mark's ZX59, who's in his first wing. Brilliant. Welcome to the game. I hope you've enjoyed your little wing. We're getting some invi- invitation, uh, sorry, information coming in. Nova Skyland is acting a little fishy and telling unbelievable stories. Have you just listened to what we've done in this podcast? That's what we do. Unbelievable stories. Um, but yeah, so basically keep an eye out as you come in for our new commander, Mark ZX59. Just... Go and dock as quickly as you can and get out of dodge. That is the sort of advice, is to get through there as quickly as possible. If you get in and you're finding difficulty and there seems to be targets that are giving you grief, jump out into supercruise. It may well be they will follow you, but it will give you an opportunity to get out of the way and work out what you're going to do. Most Some people will then end up dropping into other sessions and private sessions and groups in order to avoid the pirates. That's the way you want to play, that's fine. If you want to try and run past them, if you want to take them on, you do what you have to do that makes your game enjoyable for you because you've got to play it your own way. Uh, Dave? Yeah, we, we've got a, a message coming in. I hope you guys don't mind sort of cross-posting between different social groups on this one. But um, I do have to say thanks to the EDC because uh, one of the guys covering us this evening... Uh, Nico, Commander Eleanor, has taken his anaconda out there. He's been taken on the pirates. He's just lost hundreds of millions of credits worth of um, ship defending us uh, from the pirates there and he's just sent me a message he's he's crying he's had to say he's given up for the evening he's really sorry but he cannot afford the rebuy on that ship um he's taken a few out with him but they've they've taken him out and lady justice his ship has done her bit for the last three days Oh, awesome. And of course, if you do manage to get an anaconda out to Hutton Orbital, the anaconda is too big to dock at an outpost, so there's no chance of repairing that uh, that issue with uh, integrity. So you're already sort of practically broken by the time you get out there. So, uh, yeah, it's a big and brave, bold move to get out there in a big sacrifice. So thank you very much indeed for Lady Justice. Um, we're about five minutes away, so hopefully we're not going to lose too many people once we, uh, once we get out there. Jarvis, I've just sent you an invite for a, a wing request. Uh, so keep your eyes oh, skinned really? for that. Yeah. Okay, nothing's appeared. Right. Okay. So... Well, not to worry. Let's, uh, let's continue uh, wading through our, our dev news for the week whilst we, uh, we wait to drop out. Um... Uh, yeah, just a quick one on the the state of play with Frontier Developments. They released their latest uh, sort of annual sort of figures, uh, and these made uh, really good reading actually. Um, if you've been, if you're a fan of uh, Frontier Developments and you want them to do well, um, I think the biggest uh, biggest thing to report on is their increase in revenue from 2014 to 2015. Uh, in 2014, it was 9.5 million. Um, now that uh, where are we? Yep. So 9.5 million in 2014. 2015 that jumped by 139% to 22 million and eight, uh, which is astounding. So their their uh, adjusted profit loss, uh, blah 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 blah. Yes. So uh, they've made I think 2.5 million uh, in profits this year. 
which sets them up quite nicely and that's including things like taking on new people and various other bits and bobs so what did you guys think about the um the state of play at frontier are they looking like a reasonably uh, a secure company for the next uh, 10 years to go with their 10-year plan I think they're doing quite well. Um, I think it, I think it's uh, it builds confidence that um, they've brought in enough revenue from this game to at least see it th- through for the next couple of years. Um, so, as long as it's steady as it goes, they keep the the uh, the revenue streams steady or a little bit higher. Then I think we'll be quite safe. I mean, that's obviously taking out of the equation the fact that, I mean, can you buy the Xbox game? Can you buy it as a pre-order? It obviously hasn't been released yet. We're, surely that would uh, imagine we're going to get quite a spike when the the Xbox uh, release goes on the 6th of October and people can actually get out there and buy the full game. Well, it's, it's technically been available through the, the preview program anyway. Uh, and is that a purchase a... one? Is that on the, oh, yeah. on the preview program? Yeah, it's a full purchase. You get the you get the full game as it is. It's just to put a disclaimer saying um, this is in the preview. It might be a bit ropey, uh, and, but when it goes live, then you can expect the price to go up. Great news, but I mean, it's fantastic to see that the you know there are financial highlights for uh, for Frontier Developments and the uh, the bold move of going self-published um, has paid off for them. Obviously, they've still got. Uh, uh, Coaster Crazy, is it? Um, Coaster well, Coast, World. Coaster World, isn't it? Planet Coaster. Planet, Planet, Planet Coaster. Coaster. <laughs> Which is their next uh, self-published title that's coming out in 2016. Um, you know, this uh, this gambit of going self-published has actually worked for them. Uh, and hopefully Planet Coaster will do uh, do well for them as well next year to, uh, to just fund the coffers and obviously keep all the extra content coming in for, uh, for Elite Dangerous. So, well done, Frontier. Uh, what else have we got to cover? Newsletter, peak of the week, drones, which mm. if you've been following the news today and the, the first British drone strike on uh, British citizens out uh, fighting um, uh, ISIS, so it has been in the news all over today. So quite interesting that we've got drones as part of Horizons, this one particularly being the, the pirate-based defence drone. Um, what do you guys think of this? Loving it. If the, if this is turning into what I think it is, which will be very similar to uh, the PC game Battlezone, then I I'm all for it. <laughs> now I never played Battlezone. What was it? Uh, what was it like? It was it was very good. Just imagine a first person shooter in tanks, but with um, real time strategy elements put in on top. Um, and but you had to control everything through the first person. It had a very intuitive. Uh, interface for that but uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Frontier develop uh, uh, implement that goes back a bit before the PC though doesn't it Battlezone I I seem Uh, to remember playing it when it was all green lines ah no this is the thing Um, they reimagined Battlezone in a PC game (laughs) (laughs) it reminds me of the picture of the drone um, reminds me of uh, I think it's which one is it I think it's Terminator 3 the uh, the first sort of machines that are released by Skynet into the building are these kind yes. of by uh, sort of helicoptery drone things that look a bit like that. Actually, yeah, to be fair, okay. they look a bit like the Hunter Killers from the original Terminator. They do actually, yeah. Something which is not a bad thing, too. is it? 
The thing I think is a bit, a bit it concerns me a little bit about how the planetary landings is developing is is it reasonable to expect that every planet that you land on has some kind of pirate base on it or some kind of base that you have to attack your way in using these? And I've got a bit of a, a concern that what we're going to end up with is, oh, ground combat with a green background. Ground combat with a grey background. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want it to be samey. And I'm, I'm, it just concerns me. Okay, we're starting with these rocks, but... We'll need obviously some way of determining whether or not there is a pirate activity on a planet before we land there. Otherwise, there's a real danger of it just being kind of this oh random oh another pirate base oh great and it's, it looks similar to the last one and it's the same process to attack it. So <clears throat> much the same as CQC and powers and things you know where you got that kind of repetition. We don't want the planet to be repetition. We want them to be awesomeness. Wouldn't that be the same though as jumping into a system and not knowing necessarily where there's whether there's um, uh, what's the word? Um, Earthlight. Earthlight. uh, Well, no, I mean even jumping into a system and finding no planets or stations. Well, yeah, I mean, it's. I'm, I've got no credibility in this matter. I've just spent the last five days flying for an hour and a half in a repetitive cycle without moaning once, so I can't really talk about the fact that repetition's dull. <laughs> um, it's it's one of these things. I just get concerned that it'll be the same thing, different planet, and it's the same thing on a different planet without enough variance between planets to justify it. You know, if you if you know, oh look, more Thargoids in exactly the same place. The last Thargoids. and I don't want that I want it to be as special as as Elite deserves because I can't imagine that the whole concept of landing on a planet and having another game on that planet is just incredible to think I mean Grand Theft Auto is massive now we've got planets we can run around Right, before you go and wax lyrical about that um, Grant I think we're all actually just about to come out of Supercruise are we not? Yeah, we're out. about 30 seconds out. One minute. Yeah, 38. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how long my loop of shame is going to take me, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll start okay, looking so... for, uh, for pirates, guys. Okay, okay so, so far, clear. I'm at the front of our queue, and we have Commander with no names. His, his Commander Blank or Commander Square has his weapons out, but he's actually with us in the actual convoy and has been communicating. So, at the moment, I'm seeing clear skies all the way into Hutton. Absolutely nothing concerned uh, that I'm concerned with on the scanner at all. Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got players on my thing with names not appearing. I think actually we may have possibly broken the networking because um, my wing I can't I've tried to text chat Fozza that's not working I can't wing request him I've got players without names I've got my one person in my wing disappearing and reappearing in my instance this could be interesting okay, we, we have a we have a problem here we've got Commander Psychofish who appears to be cycling and hunting people Psychofish, I think, is a friend. He was a friendly earlier on when I was speaking to them. I'm sure he is intended to be a friendly, but yeah, keep an eye on him. You never know. And these with issues, yeah, he could be our escort. So just you know, don't don't shoot first, guys. Keep it. Keep your trigger fingers off the triggers. I have done my <laughs> oh usual my God, anti. I've done my anti-piracy method of doing the loop of shame just to throw them off the course. Uh, honest. That's why I did a loop of shame. That's the same as me, Grant. 
So hold on, uh, Vantian, Dave, as I am not, I am in your wing, but possibly not in your instance, as soon as you drop out of Hutton Orbital, can I then um, drop out of the same place as you, or do you have to put a beacon down? Just trying to think of ways I, I that have I a beacon down, the major wingman navlock is the best way to do it, and you can see my beacon, get close, drop out, it will instance you with us. Uh, how do I engage my, my navlock? Uh, select my name in the second menu along on your comms tab. Yep. Hot and Orbital is looking fine in the sunshine with Commander Insini en route and at the station. It's all looking very good and very safe for us at this current time. Okay. We have avoided the pirates. We've left oh, yeah, the I've engaged that navlock and I seem to have, uh, I seem to be safe jumping. Uh, well, I've landed at Hassan Orbital, um, but even though I'm uh, in your wing and I've jumped up to your beacon, I seem to be the only person here. So I think Jarvis might be right. We might have uh, we might have broken this uh, network. Oh, tonight. you've got to yep. see the amount of contacts on my radar. It's ridiculous. There's got to be twenty. Yeah, there yeah. are huge amounts. Yeah, I've got a. I'm getting a very friendly welcome. There, I'm getting a lot of friendly uh, text chatter as I'm coming into Hutton here. Psycho as I'm coming fish, into local space. Psychofish says, "I'm not a pirate. Yeah, don't shoot me." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm. Uh, I'm glad you guys are all happy and you're having a nice hug, group hug there. I, however, have got docking clearance and I'm going to dock. <laughs> Because there's nobody else here. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just snipe the queue? Uh, no. There's an etiquette here. Is there a queue? <laughs> yes, there is definitely an etiquette. What would be what people have been doing is they've actually been sort of lining up in front of the uh, the docking pad. So it goes bumper to bumper, and you are the person uh, you are after the person in front of you. So if you are at Hutton Orbital, make sure you are bumper to bumper, nose to rear end, uh, and go in an orderly fashion, please. We are British, we like a good cue. Is, is that not just shooting fish in a barrel? <laughs> Has anyone else been getting the wonderful and fantastical chaff firework display going on in our instance at the moment? It is stunning, it's always wonderful. Massive queue of commanders that have managed to jump the queue and get docked first. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, for shame, for shame. I'm just right, well, I am docked. I am Dr. Hutton Orbital. Let's have a quick look at the bulletin board and see how we have been progressing since oh, we it's, last it's scarily good. It's scarily good, Fozzer. There's a massive queue forming up there, nose to tail. We have this fantastical, almost looks like a, a centipede <laughs> forming at the deck here, and it's stunning sight to see. Uh, we have an amazing amount of contacts in this particular instance. We have Commander Thobie GT, Adela Vice, IC, Phoenix Defire, Simon Winnard, Morpheus, Psychofish, John Whitehouse, Ving Jeton, Ricky Ricardo, El Masri, Remclep, who's always handy to have. We've got a number of commanders that I've not managed to resolve their names. There's another five odd commanders here. It is amazing. Commander Bloodgasm. Now I kind of wish I hadn't resolved that name. <laughs> Uh, and it looks like we're very close to our next sort of tipping point, the allowance of 30 mugs. Do you reckon we're going to be hit that up tonight? We are going to smash that tonight. The only question is is whether or not we can really make a... De- we, we need to do the same again. It's taken us just under two days to get this million tonnes into the bank. 
so in theory we still have what have we got time wise left we still have one day and 11 hours uh, we will smash this goal in the next two hours and when Canada and America and all the other wonderful countries that are just waking up start they tend to do a hell of a lot of work overnight which is awesome and they've got the heaviest pirating as well so we really appreciate their fine work so I reckon by midnight tonight we will be over that line and we will be starting on what may be an unprecedented and just remarkably one for the records successful community goal if we can hit 45 then I think that gives us bragging rights from life <laughs> how are we uh, how are we doing against other community goals has any of the other community goals actually hit the, you know their final uh, target I think uh, yeah but it, yeah. it's easy Sorry to, to cut across you there. I mean, community goals normally are 15 minutes drive away from where you pick stuff up. Um, hitting the top tier is very easy on those. Hitting the top tier on this one was always going to be hard. Um, and we're talking another another million above where we are here. This is not going to... Oh, we're going to try. We're really going to try, but it, it's going to be some hard work. I won't say it's not going to happen. That'll jinx it. But, yeah, we've had 2,857 commands as of a few minutes ago and that's as far as I'm aware the most we've ever had but we're not going to hit the top tier we're not going to hit the top tier well sorry sorry I'm jinxing it yes we are we're going to try really hard but we're under 30 at the moment we're going for the 45 yeah exactly so uh, is 45 not the top tier or is, uh, is there one above that like no 45 is the top Okay, so uh, I think if everybody, you know, obviously everybody pushes really hard, let's aim for 45, let's aim to smash the 45, because uh, I think we're going to obviously go past the 30 uh, anytime soon this evening, uh, and that gives us eight and a few hours to uh, to smash on to, uh, to the 45. It would be great to walk away from this and actually say that we, uh, you know, we got the, uh, the full allowance, and it says allowance for 45. Now, does that mean that every time you dock at, uh, at Hutton, there'll be 45 rares for you to pick up and go and sell? What's oh, yes. the allowance actually uh, correspond to? That's it. That's 45 tons. That's, that's your personal allowance of how much you can ship. And they make good money. So it makes Hutton profitable. Uh, we, we've achieved the mug. We've achieved the basic goal that we wanted, which was to get the mug in game. Um, now it's about how much money can we make uh, from the rares. Okay, so, I mean, we were selling rares for a ridiculous profit, something like 18,000 18, credits you could sell for uh, for rares if you took them far enough away. Is that going to be the case here? Are you going to be able to buy 45 rares and sell them for 18,000? Uh, 18, well, it's going oh, so. yeah, to be one of those situations where when you go to Lave, you can get what, up to eight Lavian brandy, but when you go to Hutton Orbital, you're going to be able to get up to 45 in your hold. So if you were to park up at Hutton Orbital, log in every half hour, you would eventually manage to reach that magic number of 45 if we get there take off head off and off you go and then you yeah 100 to what 45 times let's say 20,000 you know you're, you're clearing nearly a million with one cargo hold full and yeah, that's 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 going to make Hutton Orbital awesome. I do not know, and I think one of the statistics that would be awesome for Frontier to catch is how many people go to Hutton Orbital in the four days after this community goes over. Because I've got a feeling <laughs> it's going to be a drastically very low number, and there's going to be a whole load of staff that have been brought on to work at Hutton Orbital. Going, where is everybody? 
Excellent. Okay. Well, uh, we're at the end of our our convoy journey. We're at the end of our journey podcast. So what we're going to quickly do is a couple of quick shout outs from uh, Community Corner, then a few shout outs to the commanders that have joined us on the journey, and then we're going to wrap this podcast up for the evening. Um, obviously, we were going to talk about the golden joysticks, but we uh, got too damn involved in uh, some of the development news that's been coming out of Frontier. So we're going to part the golden joysticks. We're going to come back to that. Um, back to that next week but let's have a look and see what else we've got uh, a quick shout out to the fuel rats um they've been arguing arguing or they've been suggesting that they'd like to declare fuel them uh, to be their home system and a safe zone for meeting other players um i take it fuel uh, fuel them is actually a system in game is it no, they, they're wanting to... Yeah, I think it's a system that exists just now, but they want to claim it as their own and to obviously role-play it into some kind of existence that's meaningful to them and their their members. Okay, so, and is there any way that uh, people can get behind them and support them? Is there like a, a voting or a petition site or anything like that open for that? Not as yet. I think it's just a forum post to sort of gain support. What they're asking for at the current minute is just for people to honour it as if it's something real so that they can operate in that system and people will then come to know it in in game lore okay somebody's having a laugh and sort of slowly pushing my ship down and changing my camera shot without my permission you're not allowed to touch and but you know they're basically trying to create a player content so they're trying to say they're reaching out to all the different communities and players in game and saying please could you honour this for us? There's nothing in-game to say it. We'd love there to be something in-game to say that this is our system, but for the time being, could it be possible, please, just to honour it and act as though it is? And they're just in the forums looking for groups to lend their support and people to go, yeah, I'm all for that. And uh, then they can just kind of move on with their existence. Great stuff. And a quick shout-out to Spytech and his uh, DB Assets website. Uh, he's basically collected all the um, collected all the publicly available material on Elite Dangerous and placed it in an easy place. Um, such an easy place. We haven't actually put down where it is. Could someone help me out with a link to that one? Oh, I thought the link was in the thing. Hang on. I tell you what, you get these new people doing the show notes and they do you know, half a job. Fine. Could I just interrupt for just for a quick second? I need to do a little announcement here. Boom, boom! Would Commander Silverwolf please remove their ship from the pad? You are blocking it. You are a dirty dock blocker. Please return to your ship and shift it. Thank you. That's Commander Silverwolf. Boom, boom! <laughs> We should also say that um, that Spytech also uh, organises races between um, um, the elite racers uh, on the Reddit forum as well. Um, okay, whilst we try and find the the link for that, let's give a few shout-outs to some of the in-game commanders that have joined us this evening. Uh, but before we do talk about the groups that have also been running for us, so we've been having uh, some of the guys running uh, defence for the convoy. We've had the EDC running defence, the uh, the BRTD have also been running defence, and has the uh, the Earth Defence Force have been running cover for us. So uh, a massive thank you to those groups uh, for coming along for the ride. Uh, as we said before, it's always a bit of a risk if you're bringing your fighting ship out to Hutton because of the integrity loss that you get for it. Um, okay, and just to let you know that that. Uh, website for Spytech is edassets.org. So edassets.org, all one word. Um, 
Okay, Grant, take us through the in-game commanders that's been joining us on this wonderful voyage to Hutton Orbital tonight. Oh my goodness, well we have Commander Ricky Retardo, I was just getting battered there by some people um, who thought it was quite funny to knock me about. Commanders Marshall, we have we have a nice Aspen here, we have Commander Edelweiss, who's sitting patiently in position four behind Bloodgasm. We, we have John Whitehouse, we have Wallerspoon, Commander Wallerspoon. We have Van Dion, we have a little python, Commander Narson, we have Commander Splendor. Hello, Ian, how are you doing, sir? Oh, my goodness, there's just there's too many people in here. It's Commander Psychofish, uh, Phoenix Defier, Icini, Tho- oh, his name's Tho3BGT, they're now cow tipping me. Simon Winners, Morpheus, uh. Goodness gracious me, Remclet. There's a lovely here. list I've put together for you, Grant. Oh, right. did you put it in the notes? Did you? I have. I'm nice like that. Oh, what a deity! Oh, hello, Commander Dude. <clears throat> yeah, so Commander Judes <laughs> who flew with us as well. Eater of shoes, Zimrats, Toral Nuke, Aiden is all there. Commander Flossie is in there. Mark Insane Photon is there. We have Craig El Masri's as well. Canute. Um, MX Cross 2002 and Commander Starion that is a ridiculous amount of commanders that we're going through and of course Yorkie Lad who actually I think joined us today for his first his first convoy earlier on either today or it was yesterday and um, it's great to see everybody coming back to join in with these ridiculous journeys <laughs> but thank you very much guys for joining us that was awesome Okay, and in the uh, the Lave Radio live chat room, we have uh, Penguin, we have Arkinbaus, we have Ron, Brett C, Commander Bapster, Commander Payne, Commander Test uh, Tea Time, Commander Ventura, uh, Fiverr, Foo, Highbite, Inareem, uh, Mangel, Mark Disc, Matt Fellows, Mark USRA, uh, Noplos, uh, Nizen, Perrin, Snevis, Snoz, Starion, Upperbum, and that's a lot for that. What have we got in Twitch? Well, we've also got Commander Geraldine, who's just uh, sent a message that she joined us for the, the convoy tonight as well, which is awesome. Right, Twitch channels, YouTube, we have Rami Niemi, we have Raven UK, there's 13 people watching in there, I'm sorry I can't see your names. We're going to jump into our Twitch channel and we're going to see a nice big list. Holy tamole, we have 75 commanders joining us on our Twitch channel. We have Tuplex, Arms Like Noodles, Baby Powder, Bambi72, Basil de Basil D. Brit, B. Wolvie, Chianis Geek, Hello, Azron, Burusilov, Commander Majer, Commander Mark, Cobra Mark IV, sorry, D. Lou, we have Dream Visions, Elder RP, Ecruzio, Garzini, Gazer, Getzer, Gimseg, Harren, Hilary, Smashing Pumpkins, Jonathan Tea Time, Cano Magnus, Carivelliki, uh, Maxi Paps. <laughs> Millstone Barn, Mobius, or Mobies, I don't know what that is, it's not Mobius, and Nimble Spirit, Freedom, Pinky1048, Pro Bro1154, Rascon42, Richie Sum, Rincewin70, Shadow Sean, Scorog, Sneva, Stephen Usher, the Tetuti, That Sample, Vinif, Vlaskovitz, 
Vaskovitz, Wallhead 79, Waxman, Wise Acre 72, Watchy, Rathanan, Zeb, oh goodness gracious me, Payne X, and right down at the bottom, Zadnost. Excellent, well done. We might have to rethink the uh, the shout-outs for Commanders if our live uh, audience continues to grow in the way it is. Um, thank you, everybody, for, for joining us on this special Lave Radio uh, convoy trip to Hutton Orbital. Um, that's it for another episode of the show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, then you can uh, email info at laveradio.com, Facebook forward slash Lave Radio, at Lave Radio on Twitter, and you can join the Skype chat channel by adding me, Fozzer101, to your Skype contacts. Or you can join the TeamSpeak service uh, which is laveradio.teamspeak3.com and Lave Radio, as you know, is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30pm British Standard Time and streamed out at laveradio.com forward slash live. Uh, thank you very much to Dave for coming on to the show, obviously for Grant, Colin, Jarvis and to Ben. Uh, until next time, fly safe and if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Listen to Dadio. Dangerous podcast. It's the elite. Lave Radio. So much to say, Dio. This side of Diso. We're loving the heat. I hope someone knows what we're talking about. They mean disco. Lave Radio. It's here to say, Dio. Or inside Winder. This is your crew. Lay radio, hey, 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 radio, with second technician, Forest of Two. It's come. It's a podcast that's based on a game. Not to listen would be such a shame. It makes other stations sound very lame. That's Lay Radio. Swing your pants. No, no, Simon, we're not them. We're pink custard. We cut the mustard. We're never flustered. We We can't be trusted. Lave Radio, this song's for you. For the Orange Sidewinder crew. Elite Dangerous is what you do. And then you talk a lot about it too. Lave Radio, ready to play Dio. Search for their website and off you go. Lave Radio, nothing to pay Dio. Sci-fi gamer DJ fans, this is your show. It's a niche audience then. This is Radio Online called Lave. With DJs Chris is Alan John, but not Dave. Forever surfing internet airwaves. That's Lave Radio. It's a podcast that's based on a game. Not to listen would be such a shame. It makes other stations sound very lame. That's Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Live radio. Oh, well, it, I don't know whether it's live or, or li- live, li- live, live, live radio, live, and we love it.